Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Throw me a freaking bonus here. This is your main event, Mark's Bonus Podcast. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, cat dad, and the other, other Bagwell brother, not so buff Bagwell. I am Troy, and with me as always is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He's the WCW watcher of classic wrestling and the Rick to my Scott Steiner. It's Greg. What's up, Greg? Go blue. F you right off the bat. Well, you open the door. I know. I knew you were going to start with bull crap, so I... And the football season hasn't started yet, so neither one of us <laughs> really has anything to reference. This airs, we'll, we'll be like a few weeks away. Yeah, uh, that's true. Or uh, speaking of the soundboard, that is correct. <laughs> so there you go. But anyway, yeah, man, I don't know why we picked this show, but I think it had something to do with a, a certain title tournament, bro. But it's it's a random one. We're going back to WCW oh, Nitro. Garbage. That's <laughs> well, anything. Well, Greg, it's right there in the title. WCW Nitro 2000. I mean, come on. <laughs> if you're expecting some highbrow quality pro wrestling right here, you are. What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, you're in the wrong place, man. Uh, either that, like, I'm going to assume maybe you just, you're a sweet summer child. You just wandered in. You don't know anything about this era of pro wrestling, maybe you're looking to educate yourself. Don't. All right. Go back. Stop. This is a one-way street. You're going the wrong way. Uh, all who uh, all who enter here abandon all hope. <laughs> like that sign that, that sits over the gates of hell in, in uh, Dante's Inferno. Yeah, just, uh, just don't do it, man. Or you could just listen to us and we'll rag on it and laugh about it and have a good time. I will say there were a few positives on this show, and uh, I mean, not a lot. Uncle Dave said he feels that this episode of Nitro is actually better than this week's episode of Raw. I did not go back and compare, so I don't know. I'm going to assume. What's the date again? No. Uh, July 18th. And this was actually, this is what threw me off. It was a Tuesday Nitro, so they're not even competing with Raw this week. Did they permanently move Nitro to Tuesdays, or was this a one-off for, like... Uh, no, uh, 
it's July, so it's not the NBA Finals. I don't know why. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Because, yeah, like you just brought it, I, I, my mind instantly went to basketball, but that's not it. For those that don't know, who, who did not grow up in this era, they were preemptive for basketball a handful of times. Well, if you watch I mean, AEW, it's the same thing. Yep. Although, with, with uh, Nitro, it was usually they moved to, uh, what was it, like, the next night. Usually they were just Tuesday, yeah. right? Whereas, uh, if you miss Dynamite on Wednesday, because they're preempted, uh, catch them on Saturday. You know, that makes sense. Well, now we have a Saturday show coming. Yeah, exactly. So what that the hell is are they going to do now? Time this airs. <laughs> yeah, what the, what the hell are they going to do now? They can't preempt it to Saturday anymore unless they have... i preempted like, to, like, really late at night. Raw did that a few times. Yeah, they could do that, or they could, you know, maybe hold it on Tuesday. I don't know. I really don't know what the schedule looks like. Or, hey, here, here's one for you, Greg. Four straight hours on Saturday of AEW. Hell yes. Oh, God, I'd rather watch this Nitro. <laughs> you watch your mouth, all right? I don't anyway. know how this role wasn't good. You got Dudley Boys versus the Hardy Boys. Steve Blackman versus the Godfather, a hardcore title. Road Dog and X Pac against uh, Too Cool. Chris hey, Benoit, Edge, Christian, AP, versus APA and The Rock. Come on, dude. Hey, Malenko versus uh, China. Come on. Dude. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> well, that one drew the house. I mean, like I said, I'm just going off of Uncle Dave. So basically, I should say. Shut the f up, Dave. <laughs> yeah. Starting off. I mean, high. if I'm looking at this card right here, I might hmm. say the Nitro we watched is better. But I mean. <sighs> I'd have to watch this play out first. The main event is Kane Undertaker against Triple H and uh, Kurt Angle. If I had to compliment this, this particular Nitro, I'd say we've seen a lot more goofiness on other Nitros. Like, this one wasn't, like, over-the-top dumb. But there was just a lot going on, and I was like, oh, my gosh. I've seen feuds intersect before, but some of these were like, dude, yeah. it's like five people in one feud. What is going on, bro? Yeah, just everybody. This is all him, everybody. Yeah, and we get to see Kiwi. Uh, spoiler alert: Was this his debut? Technically on screen, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alan Funk, Kiwi, whatever the hell you want to call no, don't, him. Don't don't talk crap about him. We did a show where he was the best match in the show one time. So, yeah, go back and listen to now in the archives. WCW Greed, their final pay per view ever. He opened the show with. Uh, Oh, another guy from Kidman? EC. No, it was uh, one of the guys from ECW were the weird tights. Oh, oh, yeah, it was uh, it was a Johnny Swinger. No, he was uh, he was with Confederate Currency, whatever the hell his name is, and and Julio De Niro. He, yeah, Chris. Oh, Henry. Easy Money or Easy Money? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, I don't know what I his can't... name was on there, but yeah, I forget. John Jason Jet, I want to say. I think that's it. Oh, Jason that sounds Jett. right. Yeah. Yeah. So. I... Sorry, everybody. We reviewed this show like a year ago. So it, maybe two years at this point. How canceled would Chris Hammer get today? <laughs> oh, God. Right? <laughs> For those who don't currency. know, he had the Confederate flag on his back, like, proudly. Yeah. Well, I mean, it says it right there in the name, man. That's why, uh, that's why you don't see many people painting their cars up like the General Lee nowadays. But uh, either way, uh, kudos to anybody that knows what the hell the General Lee is, by the way. It means you're old. <laughs> I'm right there with you. <sighs> but anyway, uh, we're getting into uh, WCLD Nitro today, obviously, from the year 2000. This is post uh, Bash the Beach 2000. 
which was a history-making show for all the wrong reasons. Yep. It, uh, yeah, we'll have to review it one of these here days, but that that, that is not this this day. Well, like we already did. You sure we didn't? Uh, I am not sure that we didn't because you know how my brain works. So I feel uh, like we, we did, though. Okay, I'm looking now. We did not. We've done 94, uh, 96, 97, and then Beach Blast 92. So we have not done 2000. We probably talked about it when we talked about Russo. So I want to say we've done uh, Russo bonus episodes or a bonus episode. I can't remember if it was one or two, but either way. Now in the archives, we kind of run down some crap that happened with Vince Russo uh, while he was in WCW. So that was... um, Fun isn't the word. I, I don't know. It was. It I mean, ironically, it's fun. Yeah. Well, it, it's uh, kind of it, like it, when I, I message uh, someone that I can't stand. I'm like, oh, you said this. That's yeah. fun. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, well, did when, you uh, see the match with uh, Nick Gage in AEW when he was on there? I did. Like, you talk forever. You remember ago, when and... Jim Ross was watching and he goes, wow, this is fun. <laughs> 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 Wow. Oh, this is fun. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> sure, we'll go with fun. Uh, I'm thinking of another F. I this is effing stupid, but yeah. <sighs> Either way. But we'll get into all of this, uh, and we got a ton of news to get into. But first, let me tell you about this here sponsor of the podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Mahler Bros Golf. We all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of of feeling good, Mahler Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretchy materials that hugs your body, you will feel cool while looking just as cool. Their polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day on the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear than Mahler Bros Golf signature polos. Mahler Bros Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design and others for those that want a subtle and sleek-looking design. They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better. Use code BELLYUP at MahlerBros.com for 15% off. Listen to me. Listen, as a guy who has worn a lot of polos throughout his life, you need Mahler Bros Golf Signature Polos. Their polos are a comfortable, slim fit that will make you look and feel good when you're golfing with the guys. There have been way too many times I wore some generic polo shirt out on the golf course and I just, I felt crappy the whole day. My game was off. I just was self-conscious. Not with Mahler Bros. Don't wait to try out your new favorite golf apparel. Upgrade your golf attire with Mahler Bros. Get 15% off at MahlerBros.com with code BELLYUP. That's 15% off at M-A-H-L-E-R Bros.com with code BELLYUP. Turn heads on the golf course or wherever you wear Mahler Bros polos. Mahler Bros Golf. Look good. Feel good. Feel good. Play good. And now we're going to get into our first break. On the other end of this, it's news and notes time. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Get ready to rumble. 
in your new Main Event Marks merchandise. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. By God, somebody's interrupting the main event marks. Sit down, JR. It's just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, your host of Here in Puckburg on the Hockey Podcast Network. I know, a hockey show on the main event marks. Who would have thought? This is an invasion angle. Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg... He told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckburg, wherever you get your podcast, or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's got to go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore. Take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh yeah! Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. If you're tuning into a wrestling podcast to hear about wrestling and you want it gimmick and politic free, you probably want the same out of your products. Are you ready to ditch the gimmick coffee? Coffee Brand Coffee is fresh roasted to order using only the highest quality coffee sourced direct from farms around the world. They've got bagged coffee as well as K-Cups. Not into coffee? Well, they've got great teas and cocos as well at Coffee Brand Coffee. Their head coffee roasters have mastered the art of unlocking flavors hidden inside their beans. Each batch is custom crafted and curated to accompany unique flavor profiles. Click on the link in the podcast description or go to coffeebrandcoffee.com and use our special promo code MAINEVENT, all one word, at checkout to get 5% off your order. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com and use the promo code MAINEVENT to save 5% at checkout. News and notes, but first, you wait, wait, wait. anything today? Ah, there you go. What are you, what are you uh, drinking today? Uh, the Rocks energy, energy Drink is Zola. Oh, yeah. Oh, here, I got one for you. That's uh, almost 4 o'clock, right? Yeah-ish. Uh, drinking Red Thunder. For anybody that's listened long enough, it's the Aldi version of Red Bull. And for anybody who doesn't know, what the hell is Aldi? Uh, it's, uh, do you not have Aldi out in uh, California? That's my knowledge. Uh, it's, it's not around it's, me. It's a, it's a grocery store. It's like a kind of thrifty whatever. Uh, it's... What's funny is uh, when you go in there, there are like pe- people make fun of it in videos and stuff like that. The cashier rings your stuff up and puts it in your cart. No bag. Uh, you have to bag it yourself. We and got something like that, but we the belt pushes to the end and then we bag at the end of the belt. Uh, this one, they just literally put it in your cart and you push it away. So and then uh, and you have to if you don't bring your own bags, you have to buy them. But they have like multiple versions of bags at various prices that you can buy. 
low end paper, and then it goes up to like freezer bags after that. Like it's uh, yeah, it's, we'll say fun. Uh, fun is the is the name of the pod, uh, the word of the podcast today. Oh we'll, yeah, fun. We'll make, we'll make like Pee Wee's Funhouse, and uh, that's that's the word you of the. Gotta day. have one of those loud ass noises and stuff. You said the fun word. Yeah. Uh, the the closest I have. Let's see if I go. The, the closest I have is he said the word of the day. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> uh, the F thing that I'm thinking of is me, right? Oh, <laughs> just trying to keep it clean. Okay, <laughs> there you go. But either way, uh, well, I guess we should. We actually got two stingers back to back here, and you'll see why. But let's hit the news first. That is correct. Shut the fuck up, Dave. Everything that guy just says bullshit. <laughs> Thank you, Joe Pesci. Uh, we have a short on our YouTube, by the way, of uh, yeah, uh, talking about that movie, My Cousin Vinny. Go check it out. But, you know, oddly enough, the biggest stories this week, if you can believe it, and I have actually have quite a bit of news from there, is uh, from the land of extreme. So I, I guess it takes us to this. This week in ECW. And we do have another volley, sir. My Jewish father lawyer. Good Lord. I shall air dry, bitch. <laughs> Oh, I know it's like why his head's always shining. <laughs> it was always one of my favorite uh, Bruce Pritchard impersonations of Paul Heyman, where he <laughs> he just randomly said that was, he said something about he does, he brings his own towels to hotels or something like that. He doesn't trust their towels. Like, okay. Meanwhile, At least he know, showers. Yeah, right. Huh, right. Um, meanwhile, yeah, we know people who don't shower at hotels. We also know. Well, I have known people to steal towels from hotels. You know, when I got back from WrestleMania, I didn't realize I had accidentally taken a hand towel from a hotel. (laughs) Honest mistake. I would not take a hotel towel, but like, what the hell is this doing in here? Luckily, it's the bag of my dirty clothes, but I don't know how the hell it got in there. I must have dropped it there. (laughs) Well, probably. (laughs) Well, uh, I have towels in my, in my closet that are hotel towels, but I did not take them. Somebody I know took them, like took a bunch of them like filled up damn near half their suitcase with extra towels and then gave some to me. I'm like, I have towels. Like I bought them with my money. I, I don't need these, but thanks. $1 at Walmart, man. How hard is that? I know. Well, the person was a klepto. So there you go. Either way, getting into a, uh, speaking of kleptos, ECW's latest pay-per-view heat wave was a really good show, but the only thing anyone is talking about is XPW's attempted publicity stunt at ECW's expense. Is this in the archives? I was about to say heat wave 2000. Now in the archives, we did it back in June. This was not a bad show. No. Uh, yeah. It's you don't it say a- that often. Buddy. Right. Well, Uncle Dave says it was a really good show. It's like, yeah, it was, it was good. I didn't hate watching it. You and I both gave it positive marks, but it wasn't like, oh my god, this is quality stuff. I mean, I guess when you compare it to the crap that uh, East, or WCW was putting on pay-per-view around this time, there you go. But either way, uh, ever since it was announced that the pay-per-view would take place in Los Angeles, 
there have been rumors that XPW, headed by porn mogul Rob Black, would try to cause some sort of disturbance. Uh, in my opinion, XPW existing was a disturbance, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, by the way, if anybody wants to check this out, we've mentioned it already. Dark Side of the Ring has a full episode on XPW. So, yeah. There's a couple of episodes of uh, Dark Side where you're going to need a bath afterward. That's one of them. Yeah, right. That one, the, uh, the, uh, the, the one on the Snake one? Snakes. Yeah. That was the worst family. One. I think <laughs> that's the only one I haven't watched back yet at all. Yeah, right. And they're, you know, they show them all on um, Vice. Mm-hmm. Like before the new one, and that one was on right right before the Magnum TA one. Oh, I was like, I can't watch this; it's too much. Because then it ends with a if if you know somebody who's a victim of like or whatever the hell his dad did to that to those kids. I'm like, if you got to yeah. end something with like a note like that, I'm like, I don't want to watch this. Yeah, it's pretty gross. So, but XPW even teased as much on their website, which led to a lot of concern from ECW officials. As people were being let into the building, security was ordered not to allow any XPW signs, no blank signs, and no XPW t-shirts. But you know what the problem was? None of the security guys were Doug Dillinger. Yeah, right? Because nobody f***s with Doug Dillinger. <laughs> I was hoping you'd close with that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We've established this, okay? Mm. He's unfuckwithable, as uh, Ron Simmons would say. <laughs> did you you ever hear that? Uh, Bruce Richard yeah, said... Yeah, said I did, that. yeah. Uh, and Matt Cardona backed it up. Apparently, he said it too. It's uh, Farouk. So, hell yeah. Been a thing for years. <laughs> and why wouldn't you mess with him? Like, look at him. Mess you up, man. I mean, when I think of guys I want to mess with, I think of a big, hulking black man and an uh, old, pot belly white guy. Those are the two right there. <laughs> right. You know? uh, the big, hulking black guy, which, you know, used to play. Uh, yeah, he used to play at uh, Florida State University for them Seminole. Oh, oh, yeah. They don't say that. We just call him a Seminole. Yeah. You ever notice well, that? Former Seminole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just know where that is. I mean, I well, guess people very do. Few but... Schools get that distinction. Right. Yeah. I like to think both of ours are on that list, but. <laughs> yeah. Either way, uh, getting back to this, though. It, yeah. It said, oh, they weren't allowed. You know, the, the security guards were checking to make sure they weren't allowing any you know, signs, blank like signs, the shirts. Sign part. <laughs> Yeah, right. Wow. It's like, For you know what they're doing. <laughs> yep. But it's like, I mean, come on. Like, this this is a step up from their usual security practices of nothing. Yeah. <laughs> this is the one that threw they, me for a loop. But it, they, did have a, they did have a security guard that was on TV a lot. I don't remember. He's like a, like a middle-aged white guy with like a, bl- a brown mullet, mustache. Yeah, yeah you Talking, see him like all the time. Guy built uh, like a brick shit house. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yep, I, I I was about to mention him. I'm like, big hulking mullet dude with a fine ass mustache. Like, damn Sweet. right, damn right, man. Now you, we joke about Doug Dillinger, but it's like you know, it looks like you don't f with that guy, man. Like, <laughs> remember the WWF security guy, the bald guy, mm-hmm. like looked like uh, his arms were like looked like freaking uh, like a Greek god. <laughs> I don't remember that guy. And he had like arms like they're huge, man, like as big as your head. So, so he's, uh, I, I was going to, when you started describing him, I was going to say, so Steve Wilkos, <laughs> <he's a kicker. laughs> but this one threw me for, it makes sense, but it makes me laugh. So Jasmine St. Clair, the former porn star who used to work with XPW and now works with ECW because she's dating. Oh, wow. She's dating of all people. The blue meanie, uh, was helping. So that's, EC- 
So that's what JBL meant when he told me he owned his porn star wife. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't know what the hell that meant. Uh, as far as I know, they're not together now, but they, yeah. Yes. Still, they were, uh, I said some context to that after all these years. Because yeah. I didn't want to look it up. Like, I don't want to come across something. Who the hell is married to the blue meaning? Like, what does she look like? <laughs> yep. Jasmine St. Clair. That's the one that was on. Uh, she was on a handful of ECW shows back in the day. You know, that means she likes stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's with uh, Doughboy with brown hair or with blue hair. Yeah. But anyway. Oh, blue uh, jazz. She was uh, helping ECW officials by pointing out the XPW wrestlers in attendance, all of whom were thoroughly searched as they entered, but were allowed in and ushered to their seats uh, since they bought tickets fair and square. Well, I mean, that's nice. I guess that makes sense. I guess you really can't do that unless they do something, right? Right. It's that old thing with, uh, like, they always did that with, uh, like, on wrestling shows where it's like somebody would get kicked out of the building and then they'd come back in and be like, I bought a ticket. (laughs) Like, yeah, if you're thrown out of the building, I don't think you can re-enter if you buy a ticket. I don't think that's how that works, but I could be wrong. Either way, uh, some actually had front row tickets, which should have been a warning sign. Prior to the show, Rob Black had promised his guys wouldn't cause any problems, but ECW didn't believe him. And Come on, why are they there? Right. Uh, we're keeping an eye on the XPW guys during the show. You know, Rob Black, because... It, you frequently believe porn moguls, you know, they're, they're frequently, you know, on the up and stand up. up. Stand up people. I don't know what you're talking about. Exactly. Look, they, they made their money the good old fashioned American way. All right. By, <laughs> tell, by telling others to get naked and have sex on camera. So <laughs> I think something about that is in the constitution, but you know, I could be wrong <sighs> either way. This is kind of a battle of who do you believe more Rob black or Paul Heyman? The porn mogul or the notorious liar. Right. I will say this. As far as I know, at least Rob Black's checks didn't bounce. I mean, he he might send a a guy or two to cut off your thumbs. Allegedly. But, you know, uh, (laughs) that's neither here nor there. Was he Italian? Is he Italian? Is he Italian? Uh, I don't know. His name is... I lose your thumbs. I don't know. How you doing? (laughs) Figured that would be more of a Paul Heyman thing. (laughs) Uh, He is from New York. There's anyway, no such thing as the mafia, sir. Exactly. And if anybody tells you otherwise, they're lying. Okay. But uh, for most of the night, they behaved. ECW actually fired the first shot when, after the Rhino Sandman match, Rhino grabbed a beer, chugged it, and then threw the can at the XPW guys in the front row. <laughs> I didn't catch that part. I, but I do guess remember. if there's a guy that can do that and get away with it, not to worry about anyone coming after him, be Rhino, right? Yeah, I was going to say, are you going to F with Rhino? After he just uh, pile drove a woman through a table. <laughs> There's uh, no which, Fs. Yeah, right. Which, by the way, did happen. Like I said, now in the archives. Go check it out. Uh, but anyway. Also, there is a video on our YouTube of uh, Paul Heyman with porn stars. Was this girl one of them? <laughs> uh, yeah, she was. I think that particular one was a little underage at this point. But yeah. Uh, but, but just then, just as the main event was starting, XPW valet Christy Mist. You know, God-given real name, of course. Uh, in the front I don't row. know why you're saying that sarcastically. Yeah, right. Like Christy missed. Oh, your mama named you that? Anyway, uh, she took her top off, which got a huge pop from the crowd. She wasn't naked, by the way. Apparently, she had a bra on or whatever the hell, but still. Francine got in Mist's face. Mist with a Y, by the way. Gotta point that out. <laughs> Francine got now, in Mist's Now I don't believe it's a real name. Yeah, right. That, that was the sticking point. <laughs> Oh, easy with that word, huh? 
Oh, God. Francine got missed, gotten Mist's face at this point. I'm assuming if Francine and, and uh, Christy Mist went face-to-face, they were probably a mile apart, actually, because, you know, some things were between them. Either way. But uh, since an angle later in the match was going to happen where Francine was to lose her top, and she felt that Mist was trying to upstage them. <laughs> when you say them, what do you mean? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, exactly what you're thinking. But according to reports, Mist shoved Francine, who shoved her back. At that point, XPW wrestler Supreme, which... Another real name. Right. I, I, I'm going to save the joke I was going to make because he is deceased, so I'll, I'll let it go. But anyway, uh, he got shoved by a security guard and all hell broke loose. Joey Styles didn't acknowledge XPW on commentary, only saying it was a drunk fan. Well, I mean, he was probably right in his defense. Well, not like they had to do the same thing at In Your House Mind Games, like in 1995, was it? Yeah, right. Or but six. The only defense I can have for that one is that one was staged. Even Bruce Pritchard said, yeah, it was staged. We told him to come in and whatever. Like, none of that was, like, you know, them doing it on their own. So I can forgive them a little bit for that one. But this one, they were just being asses. Either way, getting back to this, chaos broke out as security rushed over and uh, along with half of the ECW locker room, everyone looking for a fight. Kid Cash was throwing punches over the railing at the XPW guys, you know, because you don't fuck with Kid Cash. <laughs> All 95 no one, pounds of them. No one's ever wet. said those words in their life. Exactly. All 95 pounds of them soaking wet with bricks in his pocket. <laughs> Good God. Uh, I just like you want to talk yeah, about little what, is, what do they call him the mine, Minecraft Kid Rock. <laughs> Good God! But uh, fists were flying everywhere while fans were getting knocked down. Tommy Dreamer, even though he I remember was in- ECW, these fans think that's a badge of honor. Yeah, right. And I'm not joking. He's hardcore. He's hardcore. His mother's a whore. Oh well, that's a given. That had nothing to do with that. I just want to say it. <laughs> Oh, well, it had something to do with it. If you're at an ECW show, I kid. Just a joke, people. Just a joke. Oh, you're canceled. You're getting a letter. <laughs> In purple crayon. <laughs> well, Tommy, Dr- Tommy Dreamer, even though he was in the match that had just started, got out of the ring and ran to get involved. And uh, good, good on Tommy, man. He's a team player. Dude, this is just, wow. If anybody watches the show, by the way, this is like, what? You and I were talking, it was like 30 seconds, maybe? They're in and out? Yep. Yeah, so this was not a big deal. And if you didn't know any better, yeah, you would think it was a bunch of drunk fans that just got a little rowdy. I wouldn't think that, because I don't think fans get drunk or rowdy at ECW shows, so... Oh, no, never. Yeah, they're they're known as the upstanding citizens of pro wrestling. (laughs) Kind of like Philadelphia fans are known as the most upstanding sports fans. Yeah, they don't throw snowballs at Santa Claus or anything. Yeah, right. They don't constantly start fights whenever their teams come to town. No. And they won't key your car if you happen to have a bumper sticker for the opposing team on it. Security finally got all of the XPW guys out of the building, and at that point, a big brawl broke out in the parking lot, which was said to be extremely violent. No! no. <laughs> I, I don't believe you. I just, whatever. I'm through. Do we get to the part where we get to the point of why they're there? Like, did someone piss in one of their bags or something? Like, why are XPW guys there? There was a quote unquote feud. Like, 
And this was one of those feuds like with uh, with AEW where it's 100% on AEW side. WWE never mentions them. It's kind of that way here. Like XPW always threw crap at ECW. ECW never mentioned them. So there you go. Uh, I, I would have laughed my ass off, though, if Joey Styles would have said something about, oh, there's a local indie promotion here in Los Angeles. <laughs> Less than indie, actually. Yeah, right. I can't find, not that I looked hard for it and whatever, because I don't really care to watch it, but I can't find any of their stuff online. I find clips, but like the clips just I watch. Give you, just give you context. Uh, the two major UWF shows are actually on YouTube. <laughs> right. Uh, then again, like I said, I have not like looked hard for this stuff because I don't really care to watch it. Uh, we'll, we'll never review XPW on the show. I just, nah, I'm good. But yeah. All the footage looks like it's filmed with like a, a, a camcorder, like one of the the old ones that you get from Walmart. It's yeah, like, the uh, fifty bucks. XPW fan cam. <laughs> I like you know yeah. it's funny. I like how like Shawn Michaels and Billy Kidman both brought that in their entrances, but within they did it within like uh, the context of a high high uh, quality production. Like this right. is their actual production. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, I've seen so many clips from XPW that just make me go, ew. Like, I'm never watching a full show. But anyway, uh, also... I'd watch GCW. Yeah, right. Uh, also, many fans realized what was happening and ran out of the building to watch, which killed the main event on TV. I like to watch. <laughs> now, a uh, shirt on our bonfire store. Go check that out. But according to witnesses, the ECW group greatly outnumbered the XPW group. At the ECW show? No yeah. way. Yeah, that well, there's a surprise of the century. Blew me over with a feather. Like, <laughs> if they keep lying in this article, I'm just gonna have to skip it to the next one. All right. But you. You, you know what I have to say about XPW? They never drew a dime. Anyway, ever drew a dime? Yeah, they're uh, yeah, they're porn drew for what that's worth. But as I mentioned, uh, obviously ECW outnumbered XPW, but uh, and it was said that. New Jack, Sally Graziano, Roadkill, Jack Victory, Chili Willy, Mikey Whipwreck, and even Paul Heyman were in the parking lot throwing <laughs> punches at the XPW guys. Well, okay, Sal, Big Sal, and uh, New Jack and Roadkill, I feel like they could probably handle themselves, but then you said Mikey Whipwreck, I don't know who the hell he's scaring. <laughs> uh, look at him. <laughs> <laughs> I meant like uh, physically imposing. Yeah, right. Well, I think he's legit kind of nuts. So I, I don't know. Maybe do something. I don't, I don't know the size of the XPW guys, but Chili Willy, I don't know who the F that is. Isn't he just like some black dude? Uh, I, I believe so. Yeah. Oh, I, okay. I think you I, know what? I always, when I, you know, honestly, when I first saw, uh, uh, what's his name in, in, in Impact, he was teaming with Rich Swan for a while. Willie Mack, I thought that was. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Jack Victory, to your point of who the hell is he scaring? Like, <laughs> well, well they might have been... a big dude, though. Yeah. Well, they might have yeah. been scared that he might steal the spot from him. But either way, I, uh, I guess. But the, apparently they were uh, the, all the XPW guys escaped in a limo. Oh, well, good. B.S. <laughs> However, they got this... a limo. Hey, man, that porn money can afford a lot of things, all right? 
<laughs> However, this was not before most of them took a beating, including one XPW ring crew guy who got thrown to the ground and was punched and stomped repeatedly by, and I was shocked, New Jack. You know why he beat him up, though? Yeah, it's, it's, it's okay, everybody. I'm sure that ring guy said the N-word to him, so it's okay. Oh, <laughs> it's the old go-to New Jack excuse, by the way, if people don't understand. That's I, a, don't think, yeah. I don't think it's funny at all, but that's what he always says about everybody. That's, it's on record, by the way. That's there's another throw to Dark Side of the Ring for you. Go check out the New Jack episode. But no arrests were made or police reports filed. Uh, Paul Heyman refused to comment on the situation after the show because he expects it to turn into a legal situation. And his Jewish well, father, thank or God, Jewish he has a Jewish father, father lawyer. <laughs> yeah, right. Jewish lawyer, father, Jewish father, lawyer. Yeah, it, he's all those I always, things. I always, I always hear that. I always think to my thing, Jewish father, lawyer. Did you just call a Jewish priest a lawyer? Or what am I missing here? <laughs> you yeah. call a priest a father, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm just being a smart ass. Okay, go ahead. Well, <laughs> Sorry. Either way, uh, yeah, I'm sure his father told him not to speak on the subject. So there you go. But ECW is considering legal action for XPW, attempting to disrupt a oh, live a twist. <laughs> <laughs> attempting to disrupt a live pay-per-view broadcast, while XPW outright threatened a lawsuit claiming the attacks on them were unprovoked. Uh, I mean, define unprovoked, I guess, but... When you have both mud shows slaying mud at each other, it's just ironically funny. Yeah, right. Uh, XPW posted an article on their website claiming that their plan was only to reveal their XPW shirts uh, during the main event as a way to promote themselves, and that no one from XPW got physical until they were attacked first by Francine. Oh, well, you know... Oh, you know, hey, I would... Uh... I would love to be attacked. Anyways, yeah, well, I you pay, know, I pay money for that. If Francine hits you, you know, you, that just cannot stand. She is. You're doing something right in life. <laughs> right. Oh, God. But later in the week, Still Rob, live. you ain't kidding. But later in the week, Rob Black posted another letter online challenging ECW to send five wrestlers for a UFC style shoot fight against XPW, quote unquote, stars saying that the only people ecw wrestlers beat up were ring crew guys and none of the actual wrestlers he also plugged misty porn or misty christy mist's porn videos right my god i, I think god's uh, away from this one I think he sat this one out dude this is more of the dude, southern kind of thing <laughs> dude you and i joke about tony khan you know acting like he's on orbituates or you know whatever but this he's like i'm gonna sue ecw because they attacked us by the way send five of your best guys we're gonna have a shoot fight <laughs> also watch this porn i don't think tony khan's crazy in the head though. that's the that's the difference here. <laughs> yeah <laughs> tony khan may or may not have some issues but like yikes man in in the same statement we got possible legal action uh fight me for real bro uh and we're tougher than you by the way, porn. <laughs> like, yeah. What? Yeah. <sighs> Whatever. I still can't figure out why Vince McMahon's been so successful and these guys haven't. Yeah, right? You, you figure this would have just taken off, man. But either way, ECW's last 10 months on TNN didn't really do them any good or help them grow. By yeah, because their first year did. <laughs> yeah, right. But... Buy rates have stayed stagnant, magazine and toy sales flopped, 
ECW merchandise hasn't been doing great numbers lately, etc. Does that include the but, video game? Uh, I'm going to assume yes, because those games did not do well. I was playing they, that last night, believe it or not. Oh, wow. Yeah, those games notoriously On my PS1. Flopped. How about that? It was, it, I mean, I think we've already covered this, but it was just a copy and paste of Attitude. And I don't yep. mean that, like, I'm not just using hyperbole. It literally was the same game. Just like with yes. ECW guys. Yep, I remember the first, I didn't know that was a thing back when I first played it. I was like, you literally just took one game and copied it and put new people in it. Like, I didn't know that was possible. Put a fresh paint of coat on it. Yeah, right. Apparently that's but, an old uh, Michael Hayes thing or Bruce Pritchard, one of the two. Yeah, it was a yeah Bruce Pritchard because he was trying to say a uh, coat of paint and then uh, yeah because Cardona and Meyer still mock it to this day on this show. You gotta put a yeah. fresh coat of paint on it. <laughs> well, or, oh no, I, the uh, the Bruce Pritchard line is paint a coat. Yeah, because that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, because he kept trying to say uh, put a fresh coat of paint on it and he kept messing it up and saying a fresh coat of paint era or a fresh paint of coat, <laughs> and Conrad just went with it. I think that might be a T-shirt on their merchandise store. I, I think it's okay. Cardona Myers are mocking. It has to be something he's actually said in the past before, so it must not be a first time. That's all. I'm, I'm yeah, a guess. But. He sticks with it now because uh, now he just says uh, "paint a coat" all the time. Well, then it's got to be a shirt. He's sticking with it, right? And you don't yeah, stick right. with something that's stupid unless you can make a couple bucks off of it. So that's what I would do. Exactly. I don't know what the what the hell they're. Uh, merch store is now i used to i actually used to know it and i was thinking about buying a couple of his shirts in the past i kind of want that box of gimmick shirt honestly i think it's funny yeah that's hilarious i like there is no box of gimmicks i also like the uh the mill mascaris mask where it says no yob yep (laughs) funny Uh, but anyway without a new tv deal ecw fell or ecw flat out cannot survive at its current level it's life or death for ECW. I right think now. it's going to be fine. I can be wrong. Yeah. Uh, it's life or death for ECW right now. If they don't get a new deal, uh, they've had ongoing negotiations with USA and other networks like FX and E who have shown interest. There's FX again. <laughs> right. Every time there's a damn opening for wrestling show. They get brought us. Yeah. Not like in 2005, you know, whenever someone needed a quarterback. Ah, what's Brett Favre doing? <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, but uh, what about FX? They, what about Sid? I see what you did there. Yeah, right. But uh, but they've shown interest, but no agreement has been reached, and ECW is quickly running out of time. They need more than just a TV exposure. They need a partner who is willing to shoulder some of the financial burden, which is something TNN has, was never willing to do. <sighs> shoulder the burden yep. of ECW, man. Man, that's uh, that was a tall task. Your back's going to be hurting for a long time after that one. I develop arthritis after so long, man. <sighs> I know it had its fans, but for God's sake, clearly not a big enough. Uh, oh, now you're choosing group. to defend our negativity towards it. I know they have their fans. This is what you choose. Okay. I can't get a read on you and your logic, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that was talked about before where, you know, anytime Conrad brings up, well, you know, they had fans and Bruce would always be like, well, clearly not enough. Sure, it would still be alive. Like, yeah, I don't get it. And poor WCW and ECW, man, they just came along too early because if they were still around today with streaming and everything, there'd be a home for everything. Yeah, right. <sighs> well, that's why that's why I told you before, if uh, 
I, I think WCW could have survived. Like if even even after Turner said we're done and they canceled the shows, like I still I think Eric Bischoff and his partners could have bought it with all the contracts and whatnot, uh, and and had a new life on a new channel. It wouldn't have been the same WCW. But it would have taken a lot of time to rebuild any semblance of success whatsoever. But I think they could have survived in a in a streaming environment. As long as they have that same roster, yeah, I'll agree. Yeah. But uh, SFX, the company that was at one point in talks to buy WCW, will be co-promoting ECW's next pay-per-view in October. SFX owns many of the major arenas and venues throughout the country. In the past, when negotiating with WCW, they were also in talks to take over the promotion and live event business for WCW, but that didn't pan out either. Maybe they should have just let them buy it. <laughs> Live event stuff in WCW is its own story. Like every year, you never notice that. We're not doing it anymore. Now it's down. And like every single time you talk about WCW, when they're talking about house shows, we get a different story on it. You ever notice that? We actually, uh, funny you should mention that. Coming up, we got we got a story involving house shows in WCW. So yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, put a pin. It was in a revolving door. Yep. Ever since. Uh, Ever since, well, before Eric Bischoff took over, because I think Bill Watts came in and was like, let's crank him up, even though we're losing money on him. Hook him up. <laughs> uh, Raven still has not gotten his con- his uh, release from ECW, and Paul Heyman is apparently in no hurry to give him one. Raven's contract... It's coming. Very soon <laughs> here. Right. Raven's contract expires on its own next month, but and for now... Heyman is up to his eyeballs in negotiations to try to save ECW, so he's not too concerned about dealing with Raven right now. Hey, I fellow Jew, him. you need to sign this contract. Tex McMahon is not going to do anything with you. I see you have a ton of tattoos. My father says that means you cannot be buried at a Jewish cemetery, sir. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Raven is trimmed down considerably, losing close to 40 pounds now that he's got one foot out the door and is headed to the WWF. Oh, wait, wait, so somebody goes to WWE and they they listen and take advice on appearance? That's that's a thing? Yeah, right? Uh, Wow. Yeah, right? Uh, Chris uh, Chris Hero? Maybe? Uh, He ended up up getting his job back, though, to be fair. And he was bigger than ever. (laughs) Yeah, well, what was that? That one I don't get. I'm like, he's now promoting the local shows here in California. How about that? Isn't he from Ohio? Yep, he's from yeah Dayton. So what? Nobody in Ohio wanted to hire him, or what? Or uh, they just paid I, more here? I, I don't know. I shouldn't say that. I don't know how it works. But it, when you're talking local shows, are you talking like PWG or you no, Northern no. Cal? Yeah, Northern Cal. Yeah, no. It's okay, just it would have made it would have made sense if you said PWG because he used to work for them. So I don't know. He's done a lot of indie work out in California. Like I think Chikara was out there. He did a lot of work with them. So. Was an XPW here too? He was in LA, right? Yeah. So maybe he just likes uh, California. The Indies. sun, I don't know. instead of the snow. That too. I look at him. How much do you think he likes the sun? <laughs> yeah, man. Oh he looks like, no. He looks like if Mick Foley had a had a son with nice hair. I always. And this is gonna sound weird, but I always like facially. I confuse him with Balls Mahoney a lot. That's gonna sound weird, but. Uh, I could kind of see that, but well, in, in that same vein, I always thought that, you know, it's like you could put like the Andersons, like put balls, Mahoney, Mick Foley and Chris hero all in the same, like fam, you know, fake family. (laughs) 
There's a Motley like, Crew. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, I buy it. Like, I get that. Oh, uh, man, we're going to hell. Anyway, Bob Backlund reportedly apologized to Paul Heyman after making a scene at a recent ECW show. Now in the archives. Wow. Is remember? he like the most put together insane person you've ever seen or what? Yeah, right. Like he's uh, like he's a nut, but he's not like crazy. If yeah, that makes like, any sense. Right? Well, he's one of them where it's like, all right, Grandpa, it's time for your pills. Like, calm down. <laughs> quit talking about the government. They're trying to kill us all. Uh, RVD will be on an episode of TNN's 18 Wheels of Justice. Whatever that, that hell place. that is. <laughs> I want to wheels. assume it's some uh, diesel truck show or some hauling show. Yeah. Well, I, I hear 18 Wheels of Justice, and I'm like, is that like a, a guy that drives around a semi-truck fighting crime or something? Like, I'm Because, you know, if I want to get to a crime scene quick, I always throw on the 18-wheeler. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know what you're not getting about this. <laughs> Zero to 60 in five minutes. Yeah, just, just you know, you, you plow that damn thing, thing through the police line, man. It's like that Amazon driver or the delivery guy. that He's like at a stand. Yeah. You saw yeah. where he gets out of his car, starts walking through the police. They're like, whoa. He's like, oh, I got a delivery. Do you, like, do you know how many people pay for Prime for me to get there on time, you assholes? Uh. <laughs> but hey, they, you know, he, uh, you know, they, they paid for next day shipping. Okay, it's like, it's got to be done. Uh, whatever. It's like I I don't care what kind of weaponry he has in there. I'll just dodge. I'm sure well, somebody I, ordered a pellet gun or something off Prime and just check them boxes. Yeah, I was gonna say if not so much with Amazon, if that was the USPS delivering, I would say yeah, well, they'll right. probably they'll probably just use that package, you know, to to guard themselves on the way to the door. <laughs> this is a bomb. Uh, that scene in Jingle all the way. Bombs come through yeah. me all the time. I just kept one. <laughs> I like that one. It was an actual bomb. It was like, you yeah. sick SOB. Sick, sick world, sick people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, going to Japan for a moment here. Yeah. All Japan Bro, nobody cares. <laughs> you and I might probably won't have much to say about these, but they are big stories. All Japan Pro Wrestling had some recent shows, and it was the last time that all of the NOAA wrestlers worked for the company. Since All Japan had previously advertised all of the wrestlers for their upcoming tour, Mitsuharu Misawa agreed to work the shows and allow his NOAA guys to work them as well, as long as they had their own dressing room and didn't have to work against the only two All Japan guys left. Wow. <laughs> Good God. Uh, even though the fans were clearly there to see Misawa, this match, or his match ended up being uh, in the middle of the card, and all of the other NOAA guys were relegated to undercard matches as well. Well, I mean, yeah, why would you? promote guys that are leaving. Uh, Masafuchi of All Japan Pro Wrestling did visit the NOAA locker room backstage and shook hands with everybody, but the new All Japan president, Toshiaki Kawada, refused to do so and didn't associate with any of the NOAA guys. Yeah, Kawada was pretty loyal. Like, he he stuck with All Japan, good, bad, or indifferent, man. Like, he didn't go anywhere else until, like, the twilight well, the of his career. always good, right? They must have been paying him like crazy amounts of money to keep him there. It's all like nobody gave a damn about all Japan for years. It was all about Noah and New Japan. And unfortunately, after Mizawa died, nobody cared about Noah either. But but speaking of Noah, tickets for their first three shows in August went on sale and all three shows were sold out within 45 minutes. Several hundred fans camped out the night before to buy tickets as well. 
The shows will be held in the new 2,000-seat arena that will, be, that will double as Noah's headquarters. They're literally building their own venue. How about that? I would have laughed if they called it Noah's Ark. Yeah, I would have. Yeah, right. That's perfect. It's, it's right there. Come on. Anyway, getting into WCW here. Ric Flair had a two-and-a-half-hour rotator cuff surgery. He can't do anything lifting for three months. They're hoping that he'll be back in time for Halloween Havoc. But okay, that explains why he was always in the suit and, like, the president or commissioner, whatever the hell he was at that time. Right. I don't think okay. he wrestled anymore this year, did he? In 2000? I don't think so. No, I don't think he wrestled ever again except for the night, last episode of Nitro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was always there. But uh, I can't remember what podcast it was you and I did where uh, we there was a story about they they started a gimmick where they would give either, I think, Tony Schiavone, they would give him a piece of paper of bullet points that Ric Flair was supposed to remember because he would always go off script and just start, like, cutting a promo. <laughs> They're like, yeah, 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 so I heard you wanted to talk about such and such. He's like, oh, yeah, that. <laughs> anyway, Uncle Dave isn't sure what the angle will be since they dropped the Flair-Russo angle after Flair's head got shaved because Russo quit the company, then came back, and has now decided to take himself off TV as a character. For now. Yeah, that's how long that lasts. <laughs> right. A trial date has been set for next month in the case of Buff Bagwell punching a WCW ring crew member. Uh, Bagwell's lawyer entered an innocent plea on his behalf. However, Bagwell's already admitted to punching the guy to police in his initial arrest report. Pretty open and shut, man. This is stupid. It's the first time I've ever heard of this. Uh, we talked about it on a previous podcast. I'm not going to tell you when. This is a while ago. But uh, one of our 2000 shows that we've done, there was a an episode where like this this ring crew guy was like carrying like big heavy carpets and crap into the arena, and Bagwell was like blocking a door. Talking oh to Alexa yeah. And the and the ring crew member was like asked him to move. Bagwell got all pissy about it and ended up socking him. And then he's like, "Well, he got rude with me." Like, he probably told you, hey, can you move out of the doorway so I can get my crap in? But apparently he was shit in. (laughs) Exactly. It was Brian Cage, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, Is it him or somebody else that has uh, GMS? GMSI. Okay. Yeah. Get my shit in. He has that. Doesn't he put that on his tights? Yep. Still does. Dude, he's such an effing mark, man. It makes me laugh, but it's like, dude, I will say this. At least it pops me. Like, it's 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 funny, markish behavior. Kind of like him saying he's the most professional wrestler. His faction of guys is called the good hands. Like, all right. Like, haha, I get it. <laughs> this should have been top story here, man. I don't know why I, I put it so far down. Kid Romeo was released for unprofessional conduct after he no-showed several house shows that he was booked for. Oh, Kid Even- Romeo big dog them? Oh. I know. Like, well, he clearly had a bigger booking elsewhere, Greg. But he eventually returns right at the very end of the company, which you and I talked about. And he's on the last night show, losing a title. Yeah, doesn't it, wasn't it him and Elix Skipper that win the cruiserweight titles or tag titles? Yeah. Him? And don't they kind of insinuate some, like, somewhat homosexual stuff between him and Skipper? I don't remember that. I remember it was, like, some awkward relationship they were doing with them where it was, like, 
I, it's like, what are you guys trying to say with this? Bro, they're gay, bro. Bro, they're not gay. They're just like, then like, they're like ambiguous, bro. Like, <laughs> like that Saturday Night Live skit. <laughs> like he knows what ambiguous means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's true. Bro, he's androgynous, bro. I heard that from Vince McMahon. <laughs> he probably did. <laughs> Here's one that would have popped the ratings and would have saved the company. There are talks of bringing in PG-13 to feud with Three Count and the Young Dragons. Oh, God's sakes. <laughs> hey, feel free to cuss, man. I bleep it all out. You said with the uh, Young Dragons and Three Count, there was a yeah. third team that feuded with them. It must have, they must have replaced them. Thank God. Who was that third team again? Yeah. Um, I don't remember. Was it uh, Dragons, the Mamelukes? Maybe. The Mamelukes, right? Yeah, you know it was in the Mamelukes. Uh, well... <laughs> It, well, it was Johnny Stamboli who went on to be Relic, which, of course, is killer spelled backwards, <laughs> who then went on to be Red Rum, which is, of course, murder spelled backwards. Oh, man. Yeah, that's real. <laughs> this is real. Anyway, uh, after WCW completes their currently booked shows, this is a story I referred to earlier, the plan is to no longer run house shows because of how poorly they're doing. Oh, man, what about those 10 people that are already committed to going? I know, right? From a, Selfish dude, they, assholes. Dude, they can't even get people to show up at their TV shows. Well, but, maybe, they hey. away, maybe they get away tickets for the hamburger. It might. <laughs> uh, from a business perspective, it makes sense because at this point, they're losing money on house shows because of poor attendance. Yeah, again, if they, if they can't get people to show up for televised stuff, I would hate to send seeing their uh, attendance numbers here. But for the wrestlers... I don't fancy myself a booker, but yeah, I don't... I think Bishop had the right idea getting rid of house shows. Yeah, right. Uh, for the wrestlers, it sucks because a lot of guys have incentives built into their deals based on how many dates they work, which will mean significantly less money for those guys. <sighs> this guy has still got a clause in there where they're not held accountable for shows that aren't happening. Right? You're right. <sighs> yeah. I, this Again, I'm not a lawyer. This has got to be a reason they're losing money because you got to pay the talent for being there, too. It's like, Sorry, guys. Like, uh, we're not going to pay you for shows that aren't making money. But you, you want know, this nice Monopoly money. Yeah, right. Uh, I'll give you one of those nice Paul Heyman checks. I promise it's not made of rubber and will not bounce. A lot of people in WCW feel Tony Schiavone should be removed from his position because he isn't exactly great at it these days. What position? Uh, now, sir? Yeah. Uh, but he has so much political power that he's basically untouchable. Uh, does he though? I just I, I've never understood the hate with that man. I don't know. I mean, I could kind of see during this time, even he admits he quit giving a damn like well, about a yeah, year but before that's this. That's not his fault. You seen the show, <laughs> right? Yeah, but he just kind of he's phoning it in at this point, man. I mean, it's it's kind of obvious. Very God times. has his, he has his fill of some people. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, some thought that Stevie Ray did a good job on commentary last week. And with the racial discrimination lawsuit still lingering, the company oh my god, yeah, the company is pushing. Quick, get blue. a black guy on there. That'll, that'll make us look good. <laughs> yeah, right. After, Easy. They, after they just gave Booker the world title <laughs> at the previous pay per view. <laughs> uh, but the company is like pushing. I think though that's because he deserved it. But well, if it yeah, was, I mean, if it was twofold, I mean, I don't know. But... Right. But the company is pushing to include more black stars in prominent positions. Jeremy Borash and Chad Damiani. Uh, also got no announcing clue. tryouts this week. 
Yeah. Uh, Chad Damiani went on to leave the business, and I, I, I couldn't pick him out of the lineup. Jeremy Borash obviously stuck around. Uh, Still at WWE to this day, I believe. Right. And he started off riding uh, Vince Russo's freaking coattails, man, like right into a job in TNA. And hey, he, uh, he apparently you know he busted what? his you ass. You can't blame a guy for doing what you need to do. Okay. Oh, I never yeah, will. I don't, I don't blame Anything him short of whatsoever. like crime, but. Right. Well, and the thing is, he didn't like rest on, well, I'm Vince Russo's friend, so, you know, I don't have to try. According to anybody that's ever worked with him, uh, he busted his ass and he did like every job there was to do and went above and beyond. So there I you go. I think I just heard on Nash's podcast that he's become like one of Triple H's right hand guys. Yeah, why not? I, I think I think Nash would have an uh, inside track on that. So, yeah, something would tell me. <laughs> Eric Bischoff is reportedly telling people that Fox has agreed to a 13 week commitment to whatever new wrestling venture he and Hulk Hogan are apparently working on. But Uncle Dave can't confirm that from anyone else. Well, who the oh, hell is because gonna... Bishop doesn't talk to Uncle Dave? We know this. But... Yeah, well, who the hell else is going to confirm it? Like, who's who's going to be in the meeting? And FX isn't, or Fox or whoever isn't going to be like, ah, oh, yeah, we agreed to it. Like, you know, before we I'm almost certain it too. I'm almost certain stuff like that has to be like it doesn't have to be public. I mean, I mean, yeah. I know it's like a publicly traded place, but I don't think you need to share like, certain ventures. Uh, I was just going to say not right away. I mean, it's like maybe closer to the thing. They don't even have an actual show yet. So it, it's like it's a concern. concept. Right. But speaking of Hulk Hogan, he once again went on the Bubba the Love Sponge radio show, which is oh, always, a, always a good move. He <laughs> said that it, it wouldn't surprise him if Vince McMahon sent Vince Russo to WCW to ruin the company. God. Uh, Hogan's contract expires. And then never brought him back. <laughs> yeah right uh, Hogan's contract expires next June and it requires WCW to use him in a minimum of six pay-per-view shows per year at the cost of $675,000 per match Hogan also gets $25,000 per TV or house show appearance anyway Hogan hasn't worked six pay-per-views yet this year so Uncle Dave expects him back sooner than later so yeah <clears throat> yeah <laughs> Got it in once, at least. Like, well, he will be back. Uh, oh, wait, no, it already happened, right? Never mind. Yeah, I was going to say, Bash the Beach was it, brother. But Hogan's contract also forbids WCW do anything to besmir- besmirch him without his permission. And of Who course... This? William Regal? <laughs> yeah, right. And of course, he has creative control and is fully in charge of his own angles and storylines. So well, there what you go. go wrong there? Yeah, right. Look, people crap on WWE for, you know, being like Stanley Kubrick, basically, with his movies. It's like, God dang it, stick to the script. But, I mean, there's something to be said about not letting the inmates run the asylum. Hey, come on. I, I, I like allowing people to sink or swim a little bit with their promos, you know, but at the same time. Dude, you're just like you're gonna let a wrestler veto whether or not they lose. Mm. Can, you, can you like imagine watching like uh, what's a show like uh, like The Walking Dead and like an actor says, "You know what? I'm not dying this week," even though like yeah. the whole story arc's written. Like, uh, Here's no. a yeah, right. Like uh, we're going in that that 
that uh, the season uh, premiere with Negan. And th- here, spoiler for anybody that wants to watch The Walking Dead and doesn't know what the hell went on. I'll give you a, a 30 seconds here. You can skip ahead. Anyway, spoiler alert. If if the actor that played Glenn was a uh, Stephen Yoon, if he's like, yeah. you know what? Um, getting my head head bashed in here, that doesn't work for me, brother. Yeah. I think I want to be on. I think I want to keep on the show. You know, just uh, rewrite the scripts for the rest of the season. I, I don't. I don't really want to die here. Huh. Like, well, if if Steven says, <sighs> anyway, I just can't imagine like why that was ever allowed. I, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Falco, I get it. Yeah, but then he's the reason I watch him. I'll never like not like him, but it's, it's a fact. You can't just let people say what they can and will won't do. Apparently, like. And like, I, I don't know. Yeah, like you said, I grew up with Hulk Hogan. I'll never like hate him. But you see all this compelling piled evidence against him with certain things like uh, people brought up how uh, in various interviews, Hogan was like, well, I kept coming back because nobody was uh, taking the torch. You know, there was nobody to pass it off to. Uh, and uh, people were like pointing out from different angles. They're like, no, he he refused to pass it. And the one time he kind of tried with Ultimate Warrior uh, it's like he was still right there, like looking over his shoulder, like waiting for him to fail so I can come back. And it's like they never really pushed Macho Man as the guy. And then he. I think the Macho Man might have been a better example. Re- yeah. From all accounts, now, Warrior was destined to fail anyways because he was an asshole. Yeah. That one I can't blame on Hogan. Uh, the Macho Man thing, yeah. Uh, the He wouldn't allow Bret Hart to be the guy over him. He left before he ever <laughs> had another match with him. Uh, he wouldn't take on Shawn Michaels unless he was winning. And I brought up that, that uh, apparently that was uh, that was why uh, Austin didn't want to work with him besides, you know, his BS. So, oh, well, clashing styles, like whatever. But apparently Austin just flat out didn't like him. And from his, and he said, uh, apparently he said he's like, well, if I went to WWF and Hogan was still there, I would have never been what I am. He's like, I wouldn't have been a I wouldn't have been allowed to have that happen. And then. uh Oh, what was the uh, oh though I told you about the Cena thing where he had a choice to take on Cena or Orton and he said nobody cares about this Cena kid give me Orton he'll be the next big thing but I gotta beat him well to be fair Orton is a little bit better wrestler than Cena I would say for sure I, much better wrestler than most people to be fair but I wanted I, I would think he would have had a good match with Cena though like their styles seem to like they could have played off of each other Cena seemed like the kind of the kind of wrestler Hogan always like had big time matches against. You know what I mean? Yep. But I don't know. Either way, Stan on Hogan though. And speaking of that uh, Hogan Russo thing, a lot of guys oh. in WC- a lot of guys in WCW are upset at how far the Russo and Eric, how far Russo and Eric Bischoff are going to try to fool everybody. Uh, after the pay per view, Russo even uh, everybody thinks it's a work. So oh. they're not buying it. Yeah. So after the pay-per-view, Russo you know, to this went... day, nobody knows. Like, I mean, I guess Russo, Hogan, maybe even Bischoff. But... Uh, I, I mean, it seems like, a, seems like a shoot to me, man. I mean, just obviously I'm on the outside looking in, but like to this day, Bischoff and Hogan like hate that man. And he yeah, has nothing nice to really say about that. That's really unfair because everybody hates that man. <laughs> that's true, but... Uh. 
Uh, I don't know, but after the pay-per-view, Russo even went to the bar with all the wrestlers, which he never does, to say his goodbyes and was acting like he expected to be fired. Bischoff is making a big stink about quitting the company in disgust over what happened. WCW has a long history of trying to work the boys, which pretty much never draws money and only pisses off the rest of the locker room and makes them disrespectful of management. Everyone involved continues to claim that the whole thing was a shoot, but nobody else in the company believes it. Another reason why I think it was a, a, a shoot is because Russo left the company right after this, or was fired or whatever that, and Hogan never comes back. So, uh, that just doesn't make sense to me. You figure, like, they would at least wait it out or whatever, but... Nope. But Shawn Michaels' TWA wrestling TV show has been canceled due to production costs. It was a 30-minute show that aired locally in San Antonio, and Uncle Dave said it was one of the best indie shows going and did decent ratings, but they didn't have the sponsorships to pay for all the production costs. The show initially cost $2,500 per week, <laughs> How can something have decent ratings and no sponsors? That makes no sense to me. <laughs> Some sponsors just don't want to touch things. I don't know why. And you'd figure if it had good ratings and it That's only funny, showed... I love touching things. But... Wow. You figure uh, if it's only shown in the San Antonio area, it, it's not going to attract big-time sponsors. It's just, like, local stuff. So, I don't know. Maybe they just couldn't get enough sponsors that gave a damn. But the show initially cost $2,500 per week to produce and then jumped to $3,000, and Michaels was paying for it himself out of pocket. But as the cost kept increasing and it got to be $3,500 per week, Michaels decided to cancel. Even though the, even though the show did decent ratings, live attendance was poor, and wrestlers' nightly pay was cut in half. Okay, so that just tells me nobody wanted to show up. They just wanted to sit at home and watch it. <sighs> But Michael's plan is to keep the training school going and run three live weekly shows per oh, week. Oh, thank God he does. Danielson? Uh, yeah, well, but there won't be any more TV. Uh, his most promising students, like uh, like Spanky and the American Dragon, have already moved on and are working in Memphis for WWF's developmental group there. Oh. Yeah. So, they already got I gone. forgot about Spanky. <laughs> yeah, right. Was uh was um Matt Bentley on this crew too? Not that he went uh, on doing big. I just yeah. uh, I don't know if he was uh, in two thousand. Yeah, I guess he would have been. They don't mention him, but I, I can imagine. Did they ever say he was trained by Sean? They never said he was trained. I just assumed. I feel like it was a safe, yeah, safe right. assumption. But right, kind of like if your last name is Hart, you kind of just assume they were trained by Stu or Brett. You know, one of them. Right. Or I guess, well, Brett trained a few. I think Bruce might have done some of the training, but I don't know. This one is weird. It's kind of an obscure one. The Urban Wrestling Federation is starting. I just brought up up Matt Bentley. Okay, I know all about obscure. (laughs) The Urban Wrestling Federation is starting in the fall and is apparently has some decent has a decent number of syndicated television deals throughout the country. It will mostly be based around black wrestlers and will also feature hip-hop music. Sorry, what's it called? Urban Wrestling Federation. So it's the UWF. <laughs> I didn't even catch that. <laughs> okay. That's the third UWF. Mother of God. <laughs> yeah, this one may have been the worst of them all. Like, this is basically Def Jam, like, but in Hi, real life. 
Yeah. For those of you who don't know, it was actually a pretty fun game on the PlayStation 2 back in the day. Right. They had a bunch of uh, rappers back then. I think they had like Method Man and Red Man and they might have had 50 Cent. I don't remember, but I don't think that mattered. So no Dr. Trey or Ice Cube. Wow. No Snoop Dogg, right? Nobody that mattered. They might have been on there. I don't remember forever, but you're just naming off people that don't matter. Sorry. So. Uh, 50 Cent, if he was in there, he mattered back in the day. But yeah. uh, I I heard he was the last boss in order to win. You got to shoot him nine times. (laughs) Right. Good God. Uh, This one kind of getting into the WWF side of it here. (laughs) This is funny. I don't like the fact that you're giggling as a lead in. (laughs) Well, check this out. A A group called Wrestling Fans Against Censorship is fighting back against the PTC. The PTC has a oh, list. Wow. Oh, no, that's going to end. <laughs> yeah. The PTC has a list of merchants on their website that they have partnerships with where you can buy stuff and the PTC gets a cut. They have fans or these fans rather have started writing to these organizations, threatening a boycott as long as they continue associating with the PTC. So far, they've gotten two companies to pull out of their PTC spart- uh, partnerships. So it's giving PTC a dose of their own medicine and it seems to be working. Normally, that kind of stuff, I'd be like, ah, that's kind of effed up. But you brought it on yourself, man. Like, that's what the PTC does. Their whole <laughs> thing was their whole thing was calling up sponsors of WWF. And was like, do you realize you part, you're uh, sponsoring this filth? Do you realize what my bank account looks like? Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, yeah, oh, so- are, we, are we making money with them? Oh, okay, well then shut the F up. I just think that uh, like boycotts have been so much overdone in the past like, decades or so. Like, people just throw it on. Just, they're just so uh, casual with it. Right. I mean, back well, in like, the 50s and 60s, you know, black people had a boycott because they couldn't eat somewhere because what they look like. These idiots, oh, I'm boycotting because you said something I don't like. like nowadays, boy, man. Until like really recently, there I haven't seen a single boycott that actually worked or did anything. Yeah, like I said, 50s and 60s back in the day. Yeah. I mean, those made sense. The only I, I've seen boycotts in the last couple of years that started working, but that's about it. And before that, it was like every time I heard the word boycott, I was like, "Oh, you mean useless?" Roll my eyes. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, uh, an online petition. Oh, the that's online one of my favorites. Yeah, the online petition thing. That literally, <sighs> I, I've never seen one of them. Well, I can't see never seen one of them uh, work. The Snyder cut of Justice or Justice League. Yeah. What you yeah. tell me doesn't work. And uh, Sonic. Remember do not ask me why I went to that first, by the way. <laughs> well, do you remember why? Or, do you remember uh, the Sonic situation? I do, yeah. That one worked. But hey, you know what? Fans weren't a-holes about it. They were just like, ah, he looks kind of like crap. Maybe, you know, mess with it a little bit. And I'm not saying, I'm sure there were some a-holes in the bunch. But they were like, they complained about it. The studio was nice about it. They're like, yeah, we'll work on it. And guess what? They made a lot of money on hey, two of those them. movies. Right. But again, it's just like sometimes just like people just overdo boycott just because you have the right to do it. Just shut up. Yeah. Well, I was going to say nowadays, especially with uh, inflation and everything, uh, I'm, I'm a lot more choosy about who gets my money. Obviously, I'm not. Oh, I am. Anyways, but... Yeah, right. Well, before I was like, eh, whatever. They're going to, you know, people are going to pay him anyway. But now I'm like, mm, maybe, I, you know, maybe I won't buy that. Well, Billy Gunn should be back in late September. Big Show is expected to return either at the next pay-per-view or on the Raw or SmackDown after. Whoa! 
I can't pinpoint exactly when Billy Gunn comes back, but I know he comes back as the one. And oh, Big comes when? back at the Royal Rumble. Which is now in the archives, by the way. Which I, I, rem- I suggest we do that one. Well, I remember uh, Billy Gunn losing to, speaking of PTC, he lost to the RTC, so he couldn't be Mr. Ass anymore. Yeah, that and... was the thing. They were stripping people of their things because of that. The Godfather of Albinus, right? There were two of them. Yep. Well, this uh, stripping well, people of their things, huh? You couldn't be a cop anymore? <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say this. Uh, this is, you know, an unpopular opinion, but I liked the theme song he used when he was the one Billy Gunn. To this was day, same- I still think it's Sammy Hagar. <laughs> it's, yeah, I, well, it's, I, I don't know who the hell did it, but it was the same person who did his other theme song. So it was kind of like uh, when Triple H broke off from DX, he still had the DX band doing his theme for a while. They were the original <laughs> downstate. <laughs> yeah, right. The Undertaker is getting married this week and will soon be getting a rather unfortunate throat tattoo to go along with it. Good grief. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, maybe don't get somebody's name tattooed on your throat who has the option of leaving you. Just saying. Stick to the kids, you know? Right. Was Sarah the one that uh, was sleeping around with uh, Brian Lee? Was that? I don't think so. I think I looked this up before and it was the one before her. Okay, man. Well, at least he he made this one stick. So, you know, it seems like it's it's working out pretty well with him and Michelle. All right. He definitely yeah. traded up too. Yeah, right. I, Sarah was good looking, but I mean, come on, it's Michelle McCool, man. But the the thing with I, I think he has a a kid. I don't know if it's a daughter or a son from a previous marriage. I think it was the one before Sarah, actually. But. Uh, I never hear anything about that one. I just, I know he has a daughter. Obviously, he saw her at the uh, Hall of Fame ceremony. It doesn't he have a, he has a little boy too, doesn't he? Is that the one that was pissed off at him for beating uh, John Cena in a couple of seconds in New Orleans? <laughs> was it, was that his daughter? Yeah, one of his kid, one of his girls were pissed <laughs> that he squashed Cena. <laughs> nice. Apparently, he was pissed about it too. He was like, dude, I've been training for a 40 minute match here. And Vince was like, Oh, you got to go out and, and, and crush him. And then he said he had Cena against him, too. He's like, oh, no, you, I've been talking crap to you for months. You got to go out there and just destroy me. And he's like, oh, you see both sides of the coin on that. Right. I think I, I did want an actual match. But at the same time, we saw the match he had. The Wasn't his match with Roman the year before that? Yeah. And Roman carried his ass. Like, I hate to say that. It's The Undertaker. I love him, but. If you watch the, la- the last ride document, they're apologizing to each other for the whole match. <laughs> they both take blame for it. It's funny. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Roman was clearly, like, in way better shape at that point. I mean, you know, father time catches up with you. I get it. But And then, uh, you know, we, we had a short on our YouTube called that Sweet, Sweet Saudi Money. You know, when uh, Shawn Michaels came out of retirement. Dude, that match was just ass. <laughs> straight ass it was all on kane and triple h right <laughs> yeah right and kane i don't think is i mean kane is good but i don't think he can carry anybody and the fact that Shawn michaels had to be carried is a little uh crazy to think but yeah undertaker was in god-awful shape either way unbeknownst to anyone oh, when you live in texas all you eat is red meat all day so that's gonna do it I'm not training anymore eat red meat like there you go man <laughs> go to the shooting range 
That's that's a hell of a life for you there, man. Playing gun with God. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, well, speaking of being in good shape, though, unbeknownst to anyone, apparently China posed for a Playboy photo this week, uh, which means that WWF and Playboy have evidently squashed their beef over last year's Sable lawsuit. The China issue will be out later this year. Yeah, it's pretty easy to squash a beef when you can make a lot of money off of the other one, all right? Bro, ain't even there. You weren't even there. Oh, boobs. <laughs> this one's pretty sad because of where this guy's going to end up in three God, years. Bro, I pray to Hugh Hefner, bro. What the hell? <laughs> bro, I just had Jerry Springer running in my in my uh, living room all day, man. Just marathons. Him and Steve Wilkos, bro. <laughs> and when I get in my car, I had Howard Stern on the radio, bro. It's just nothing but trash all day. Dude, fellow New Yorker, bro. People... We were talking about that. They were like, man, you remember when Howard Stern was like, you know, like people weren't just like appalled by that kind of stuff. Now it's like, oh, God, like people would actually watch and listen to that. Like, uh, what's your show going? Yeah, I know. In a like and his show's like unrecognizable now. It's nothing like it used to be. But not saying that one's better than the other necessarily, because they're both. I don't know. I I've never been a Howard Stern fan, but like it was like, what, what's what's your show going to be about today? Oh, we're going to have a porn star ride something today. Oh, OK. <laughs> Good content. I guess like what? This guy knows what he's doing. <sighs> God. But anyway, this uh, this next story is, is Mad uh, Cow the only shock jock that's not a freaking pervert or what? Maybe he's I don't know, but never heard anything about it like that. Uh, who is it? Uh, man cow. Oh, yeah. I, I, mean, I know he's a shock jock, but I don't know if he's a pervert or not. I know the other ones are. I never listened to him or Bubba the Love Sponge, to be honest with you. So yeah, that's I, the one we know is a freak. <laughs> You're right. But uh, th- this next story is pretty sad, considering where it would end up in the next uh, you know, three years. But Crash Hawley was fined after an incident where he passed out while doing a PR appearance for the company at the Times Square restaurant. Apparently, it's the third such incident Crash has had, and along with a fine, uh, he was basically given the riot act and told one more such incident would be the end of him in the WWF. Wow. Yeah. So, in We're three about years... We're he... on into the Crash Holly Hardcore thing, too. Yeah, Probably his right. best stuff he's ever done. 25 right. sounds. Well, for those that uh, don't know what I'm talking about, in three years, he's, he's gone. He's passed away. So it's uh, not uh, not looking good for old crash right here. I just I don't want to misspeak uh, when I talk about how he passed away. But let's see. He died November 6, 2003 at his friend and fellow wrestler Stevie Richards house in Florida. Oh, man. Imagine finding that. He was 32. He's 32 years old. That, that's how old I am. What was, the, what was the cause? Uh, let's see. He was partially. He was found partially clothed in a pool of vomit around his face. God, empty bottles of prescription drug, uh, carisoprodol, uh, and a partially consumed bottle of alcohol were found nearby. Was it suicide? Uh, well, it said he, he had recently received divorce papers from his wife. His death caused by choking on his own vomit. Was officially ruled a suicide. Gee, yeah, it sounds like that sucks, man. 
Yeah, he was buried in China Grove in Rowan County, North Carolina. That that sucks, man. Either way, moving on to the last story is about another guy it's not going to end up well for, but this is the last story I got here. So, But Davy Boy Smith had been in and out of the hospital for weeks, stemming from an apparent overdose earlier this month. Smith has been battling an addiction to morphine and is going through a divorce with his wife, Diana. Lots of divorces going on here. He's still signed to WWF, but hasn't been used since May when he showed up to a couple of shows clearly in no condition to perform. Not long ago, he was in rehab in Atlanta, but checked out early against doctor's orders to go home and deal with his marriage issues. <sighs> yeah, some people we'll are saying back that. on TV here soon. Some people were claiming that that was just an excuse to get out of rehab early, but I don't know. You know, you never know, honestly. Frickin' sucks, though. Uh, I can't remember when exactly it was. He passed away off the top of my head. 2003, I want to say? 2002. Him, too? Let's see, Davey Boy Smith. I feel like it was okay. one Yeah, 2002. Wow, God. 18th of May, man. Uh, I've, uh, didn't he have a heart attack or something like that? believe so. Yeah, suffering a heart attack while... He uh, did a lot of drugs over the years, apparently. Yeah, Allegedly, heart- I don't know. Allegedly! Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, heart attack while on holiday in... I'm not Canadian, so I'm going to mispronounce this probably. Invermere, British Columbia, with his girlfriend, Andrea Redding, was Bruce Hart's estranged wife. Oh, my gosh. He was dating his ex-brother-in-law's ex-wife. <laughs> Talk about mm. keeping it all in the family, man. Good lord. He oh. was o- he was only thirty nine, by the way. Like that's still effing way too young. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Bruce Hart claimed, "quote Davy paid the price with steroid cocktails and human growth hormones." Is it the same thing? Uh, it's a little different. I think uh, you can get HGH, and it's. I think it's a little different than steroids, but. I don't know. I'm not an expert. I just pretend to be one on the podcast. You know, it's funny. I mean, not ha ha funny, but at my gym, I didn't realize this till like uh, yesterday morning. There are signs. I never saw the sign. It's always been there, I think. But it says, "We do not uh, promote steroid use." It can really mess you up. Like not in those words, but just, <laughs> I've never seen it before. I said, oh, okay. Well, that's I mean, nice. I wasn't planning on doing it or anything, but it's funny. Funny how they just don't do it. Look, I was thinking about it, and then I saw the sign, and I thought, you know what? <laughs> that changed my People whole might outlook. might know what you're talking about. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, but we're going to take our next break. Uh, when we come back, we're finally getting into the show. Are you excited? I'm not. Yes, I'm excited. This is fun. Yeah. It's, uh, if you don't get it, that's, that was uh, Nebula on the opening of Endgame. Remember they were playing football with the little kick thing like through the uprights you do with your fingers kicking field goals yeah so was that uh, was that fun and she's like yes it was very fun <laughs> right, that's yeah. one thing of this show yes it's very fun we're Let's having party. fun fun man come on there's that word party down all right anyway we're gonna take our next break on the other end what? it's nitro Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. 
expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday Drop-In, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. And we're back. It's WCW Monday Nitro, or excuse me, Tuesday Nitro, number 252. It's. Oh, uh, I looked it up, by the way. This was preempted because of a, a drama or something. It was a two part mini series. Huh. Did it say yeah. what it was? I didn't see that part. This took place at the Palace of Auburn Hills in Auburn Hills, Michigan, not far from Detroit Rock City. TV oh, rating. Go blue. It's O H I O. No blue up in here. But that is blues. B I T C H. Yeah, we don't. Uh, we I, I cannot abide like the dude. But I will say, when I go to Michigan. Uh, you couldn't catch me dead wearing my Ohio State stuff, all right? I well, just, uh, you would be dead. That's the- yeah, that that's my thing. If I wasn't afraid of, like, physically getting, like, shot or stabbed, I, I would consider it. And the thing is, I could get stabbed, and you wouldn't even see the red through the shirt. So there you go. Don't worry. I'll be wearing finishing uh, stuff for you. So, you know, uh, they'll think we belong. So we're good. I'll make sure to, to overeat so I can vomit on you. But... <laughs> We start off this special, and I'm using air quotes there, Tuesday Nitro with Scott Steiner destroying Booker T's car with a lead pipe in the parking lot until Rick Steiner stops him and walks off with him. That's your car. (laughs) Good God. So my thing is, like, this company is tanking. Like, they're not making any money. They're losing tons of money. Let's bring in a car to destroy it. That makes sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what you, you don't get here. But. but in the arena, the Nitro girls dance on stage until Ernest LaCat Miller comes out and walks to the ring with him. He says everyone that he's got, has a, Everyone has a nobody called his mama on this night. But. Well, that's why he had to instruct us to during his promo here. But he uh, says that he's got a big show for everyone tonight, and a new U.S. champion will be crowned on this show. He announces the... Thank God. First, yeah. He announces the first round of the tournament, bro. Reading off of a yellow piece of legal paper. 
Uh, Miller then says that all the fat people in the front row better not block the view of everyone behind them. Like, what the hell, man? Scott Steiner now destroys a monitor in the back because, you know, we can afford those, too, when we're hemorrhaging money. Uh, (laughs) And he charges to the ring with a lead pipe and Rick Steiner in tow. Scott easily destroys one single security guard and then chokes Ernest Miller, demanding a world title shot. Say what? He looks at him funny. Well, wouldn't you? look at? Just look at him. God dang it, pal. But Booker T now runs out and brawls with Scott. Rick jumps him from behind, and then Stevie Ray runs out to even the odds. Ernest Miller Stevie finally... Stevie t- Ray. Hell yeah. That's what it says on his, light, on his uh, driver's license. But uh, Ernest Miller finally tells Scott that since he wants a match tonight, he gets Goldberg. And backstage, we see Buff and Judy Bagwell walking through the halls. Oh, thank God. When we get back from commercial break, Stevie Ray is back on commentary. Now Jeff Jarrett comes through the crowd and Elka bongs him before putting on a headset and saying this was a warning shot. He's coming for Booker T. What is even going on in this show? We are five minutes in, by the way, and you've already used that question. just going to say. Yeah, I'm like... What is the feud going on here? Because you got Steiner wants Booker. Uh, then like, I, think, I feel Jeff like Jarrett, Jarrett has Booker. the most logic to want him because he lost the title to him. But. Right. And then uh, we're throwing Goldberg and Stevie Ray into the mix. And Rick is in there by default, I guess. Like, ah, God, my head hurts. But it's the first match of the night. I should hold that comment, by the way. It's the first match of the night is a first round match in the U.S. title tournament. It's Positively Canyon taking on Mike Awesome. Yeah. Uh, This goes just shy of five minutes. Buff and Judy Bagwell randomly come to the ring and start (laughs) to start off the match. Yay. It looks like Buff is there to cheer on Mike Awesome from commentary. Why? Don't know. No one is serious in this promotion, so Mike Awesome just sets up a table casually outside of the ring, and then Canyon hits a canyon cutter through it. Uh, Buff, Buff and Canyon fight outside until Canyon shoves Judy, and then Buff beats down Canyon, hitting a blockbuster inside the ring. By the way, isn't Buff a heel right here? I feel like most of the time Russo is there, he's the tweener. Yeah, because I'm so like... We're about he... to get the Judy Bagwell on a pole match, I believe, next month, so... Right. I think he's a face at this point right now. Yeah, uh, Whatever. But anyway, think about it. it's going to hurt your head. Anything with but, Russo at the helms. Right. Well, putting through someone through a table and then hitting the other one with a blockbuster behind the referee's back. That isn't enough because more moves must be done. Mike Awesome has to beat him up a little bit more and hit an awesome bomb to win. This is a theme on the night, by the way. Like, I can't blame Russo for this one, even though he's booking. Apparently, Johnny Ace was the one setting all this up and laying all this out. So take that for what you will. Oh, and because of that, Uncle Dave says this whole show has like a, an All Japan feel to it. I'm like, well, then I never want to watch All Japan. Can you elaborate on that? I don't get it. Yeah, I like, God, it's like, is this a compliment or an indictment? Either it could way. be both. Yeah, that is true. I don't know him. 
But uh, after the match, a giant pair of ladies bloomers get tossed at Mike Awesome, and he holds them up in victory. Because you see, everyone, he's the fat chick thriller. And that's a real thing. Yeah. There's no uh, humor ha-ha in there. That's really likes, what they called it. Yep. He, uh, he apparently likes the big ladies. Right. Anyway. <laughs> don't know what else to say. Backstage. Was that a step up or down from the career killer? Uh, I'm going to say down. But uh, the career killer was just like stupid. He would just show up and put somebody through a table. Like... <laughs> Uh, how many cool. how many careers is a deli Xander over their lifetime? <laughs> if anything, they breathe more life into certain uh, careers with that. Uh, thinking about Mae Young and uh, Mula. Anyway, uh, backstage, Pamela Paulshock, real name, is standing by with Lance Storm, looking stoic as ever. Pamela hits on Storm. Oh, she's looking roll time. That is correct. <laughs> but Pamela hits on Storm and. Storm blows up on her. Uh, he says that he's taking oh, you this. Turn- pick some better words there, but okay. <laughs> oh wow! He says that he's taking this tournament serious, and when he wins it, yeah. all, they'll have to <laughs> rename the U.S. title the Canadian Heavyweight Title. Foreshadowing. Spoiler! They do. Yeah, right. So that's some foreshadowing for you. Uh, the thing here is like I'm taking this seriously. Yeah, because there are frequently things that Lance Storm doesn't take seriously. Anyway. Ironically, he's the only wrestler in this company at this moment taking things seriously. Right. Uh, it, well, until he wins the hardcore title, but how the hell can you take that seriously? I mean, let's be honest. Oh, he names it shit. Exactly. The, what is it? The Saskatchewan Hardcore International title? Yep. Because, you know, that's mature. Bro. <laughs> And that was Russo, by the way. <laughs> it was. <laughs> bro, what if what if we call it shit, bro? Hey, you know what? You can't blame Russo for that one, because that whole division literally was just that. So, what are you going to hold him accountable for the truth? <laughs> yeah, he called it what it is, so there you go. Buff Bagwell is one. Okay. Buff Bagwell's in the back, directing his brother to take Sorry, their mom to... Sorry, not again, but just a record, I didn't rate any of these matches. And I yeah, neither did it, I. You did not yeah. stop. Right. Yeah, no, that's why I'm not even asking. <laughs> I'm like, how are you going to rate this? Uh, but uh, they would all be ones, that's by the crap. way. That's the rating. <laughs> yeah, uh, how are these matches? Uh, not good. Believe me, not good. <laughs> but Buff Bagwell's in the back, directing his brother to take their mom to the hotel. Uh, Buff Bagwell's brother, by the way, looks like Buff in about 10 years. Uh, in another part of the building, Positively Canyon is asking Smooth to do something for him, and Smooth agrees. That's Ice Train. Yeah. That guy. But uh, now we go to Buff Bagwell versus Lance Storm in a U.S. title tournament match. This goes two minutes. And yeah. you wonder why we didn't rate these matches. <laughs> yep. Before the match, Storm cuts a promo telling the fans... That turn the, uh, saying that the fans turn their backs on him and Canada. I mean, did they turn their backs on Canada? Really? I mean, that. And when were we all like pro Canada and say, you know, what, never mind, we don't like you anymore. Yeah, right. Well, you know, not I that I was ever like... anti Canada either. Just, I'm just like, none of that made any sense. Yeah, I'm like, I, <sighs> I'm nothing Canada. Like, I'm fairly indifferent. It's like, ah, you're there. You're fairly non-threatening. You're like the old man sitting in the corner. Like, yeah, you're alive, <laughs> but who cares? 
Welcome to Toronto. You're nice. That's it. Yeah, right. But he demands that they stand for the playing of O Canada, which is a silly song. All right. It is a silly country and a silly song. I kid. God, it, I'm going to get some hate mail from the Canucks. It's a lot on that easier one. to remember their words than these are. I'll give them that. <laughs> Dude, I literally know O Canada, our home and native land. And then after that, I assume it's something about maple syrup and moose. I did. Like, <laughs> I did. I, I'll take that one. What are they going to do? They ain't got an army. Anyway. They got Maltese, and they always get their man. Yeah, they'll come riding in backwards on a horse. Oose. But uh, anyway, Buff finally jumps him. Partway into this, video pops up on the Tron that shows something going on with Smooth and Buff's mom in the car. Uh, this allows Storm to lock in the Canadian Maple Leaf for the submission victory. Backstage, Ernest Miller is in his office with a beautiful woman. A gong hits and some Japanese music starts playing before the I, cat. You know, I had forgotten all about this. It brought yeah. back some horrible memories. Like, I oh, wonder God, I why. Do this. <laughs> I think well, I had mentioned this on, the, on an episode previously. Like, I, I've always been like skeptical on repressed memories, and then we do this show, and like all of a sudden, I believe in repressed memories. <laughs> yep, just a wee bit. <sighs> but either way, uh, the Japanese music starts playing. And uh, the cat ushers a woman out. The, jung- er, the young dragons now jump him. And then Stevie Ray comes in for the rescue. <laughs> the cat stops him and says, oh, they're just messing around. They're just playing. <laughs> this is so yeah, for stupid. those who don't know, this is like a, um, like, a, like a little skit they were doing. Like he was better at martial arts than them. Which, yeah. ha ha, play, you know, Japanese people must be good at martial arts. But uh, <laughs> you know, no uh, racial overtones there. Or not, uh, like, stereotypes. Um, Yeah, stereotypes, yeah. Well, I I will say it's funny now that Yang runs a redneck party bus in Cincinnati. Not Apparently that's a shooting, by the way. He really is a redneck. It it is, yes. Uh, I think he literally calls it uh, redneck party bus. But, uh, yeah, I'm not joking. I see updates about it on social media all the time. And I believe his little girl's in NXT, right? Is she in NXT? I knew she was training to wrestle. So. I believe so. Or was? I? Yeah, he trained her himself. I know that. So, Pretty cool. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Not hey. that he's bad or anything, but I was going to say. I think all... Amazing Wrestling Trainers, he doesn't even crack my top 100. Sorry, but. Well, I was going to say, we, we can crap on him. He was, you know, nobody gave a damn, but he was pretty good. Uh, and she's the fact gonna... that one of the most uh, talked about trainers is the Doctor of Desire, Tom Pritchard. I just yeah, right. don't think maybe you should go off of what someone did in the ring themselves. Exactly, right. Well, I mean, uh, the guy who trained uh, uh, Dean Ambrose, Sammy Callahan, uh, L.A. Knight, I mean, he yeah. never, he never made it to the big time. So there you go. Uh, but anyway, getting back to this thing. Uh, Why? Ray- the veering off course is working for me. <laughs> well, Stevie says that he wants Jeff Jarrett, and the cat says that if Stevie leaves him alone... He can have Jeff Jarrett tonight. <laughs> Yay. That's the match we all want. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jeff Jarrett versus Stevie F and Ray. Let me do Ooh. one better. Jeff Jarrett versus the other guy from Harlem Heat. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Jarrett versus the guy famous for tagging in Booker T. <laughs> <sighs> he Man. has all of Fame ring because his brother was Booker T, but he has one. Yeah. Right. Well, there are a lot of people that 
got, you know, it's like, well, I guess you're part of the package, so you get a ring. I can't, you gotta feel for Stevie Ray, dude. <laughs> you kind of do. Like, Booker really? got into wrestling because, because his brother was in wrestling, and Booker <laughs> surpasses him and laps him. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta kind of yeah. feel for that. Like, you know, if yeah. you really think about it, you know, it sucks, man. Well, he got his brother like the- in, and he takes off, and Never looks back. <laughs> it's kind of like the Hardy Boys. Like, uh, I mean, both of them wanted to get in, but Jeff never really took it seriously. But he's like the big star, and Matt's like the yep. other one. <laughs> yep. Uh, we now see footage of Smooth leading Buff Bagwell's brother away from the car so that positively Canyon can hit Judy with a canyon cutter. Well, oh, bro, they're abusing old women on the other channel, bro. We're going to do it too. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm, I'm watching this as, as I'm reviewing. I'm it's dawning on me. Wow, they're they're beating up Moolah and May on the other channel. I and never thought about that one. Yeah. Like this became a thing, didn't he? Like bro, hit a canyon the, cutter ladies, on her. Bro, we're gonna beat up. We're gonna beat him up, bro. <laughs> didn't he hit her with a canyon cutter like once a week? Uh, I don't remember that. But I remember there was like a running thing where he kept hit, hitting her with a canyon cutter like damn near every week. I'm like. What the hell, man? What? At some like, point, stop bringing your mother to the damn show, Buff. I know. <laughs> I know. It's like, dude, leave her at home. <laughs> like, this is kind of on you at this point, man. Like, you know, Russo had to have been sitting in the back just like laughing his ass off at this every week. Like, bro, he hit her again, bro. <laughs> Look, it's not funny, but I mean, I do get the laughter. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's, I would never be okay with hitting a woman, or especially an old woman, but I get why one would laugh at it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of funny, but I don't It's so effing stupid. I wish your body, like, put selling the hell out of it. Here again! <laughs> <laughs> God dang it, Buff. Why? But Scott Steiner is leaning, leaning against a lead pipe and yells at Medasia to leave him alone. So, yeah. So, the yeah, gimmick. Yeah, like that, I tell her, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, for, so, the gimmick here, everybody, is he's waiting at the door. And when Goldberg shows up, he's going to hit him with a lead pipe, you see. So because this uh, always works in pro wrestling. Right. Well, it's uh, Colonel Steiner with a lead pipe in the backstage. <laughs> so, Holy did I, crap. Did I get all that? I think so. I never even thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact that, like, I mean, I can't. I guess I can't really say anything because when you honestly sit and think about it, Triple H's weapon of choice being a sledgehammer is a little impractical. So you think, like, where is Steiner finding these gigantic lead pipes? I guess I get not a normal yeah, lead, lead pipes pipe. are us. <laughs> yeah, he gets it supersized. That thing is like gigantic, man. It's not a normal size pipe. Yeah, you start to wonder if he's overcompensating for something. Well, he's a no steroid <sighs> user, so. Yeah, right. Allegedly! No one will ever doubt his ability to lay the pipe. All right, so that's all I'm saying. Giggity. Uh, but this next match is another one in the U.S. title tournament. It is the returning Great Muda. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, I know back. what you're thinking. We're about to get some good wrestling on this show. Uh, wh- yeah, I was going to say, if you were thinking that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But the great Muda. I'm surprised Muda... Clips of this match in his Hall of Fame uh, hype video. 
They should have. They could have showed the match in its entirety and still had room for more. A couple of times. Uh, <laughs> but he's taking on Vampiro, the returning Vampiro, with the returning insane clown posse with the demon. Right. Dark carnival, right? Yeah. Uh, this goes for four minutes. Yep. So this was ICP's was really return. I feel like it was like 20 seconds. Yeah, it was uh, four minutes bell to bell. Uh, this was ICP's return to WCW, and of course, it's in the they are, area. Because they are what was missing. Oh, well, yeah, they were about to turn the tide right here. So, apparently, Vampiro had to change his look due to lawsuit threats from the Misfits. So, that's why he's we were wearing... were with him in WCW for a while. So, what happened there? <laughs> right. And his paint looked like that before the Misfits came along. I don't know. No trademark, you don't own it. Yeah, right. I don't know. But in the end, Muda hits the moonsault to win. Yay. After the match, the demon gets in the ring to check on Vampiro, and Vampiro beats him down while ICP berates him for not helping Vampiro win. And this is going to lead to a classic feud. Classic feud. You know, when you're being berated by the ICP, you've really done something wrong. Yeah, right. When you're getting read the riot act by, by two men in clown paint, you done f***ed up, son. <laughs> you're sitting there, like, contemplating all your life choices that led you to this very moment right here. <laughs> you're, you're, you're painted up like Kiss, getting beaten up by a vampire, getting yelled at by clowns. This it's is all weird. real. This is a weird day. All right. <laughs> Oh, God. Anyway. I can't figure out why WCW folded. I really can't. No, I mean, either. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, backstage, I think it's Will we're Sasso. We're laughing at our own review here. but <laughs> I'm laughing at what the hell I wrote because I'm, th- I'm remembering this. I think Will Sasso and Norman Smiley walk in the building. Is that who it was? I believe so. This is about around the time of the. Mad TV crossover, yeah. Okay, yeah, so Will Sasso comes in and gets beaten up by by Scott Steiner with a pipe, and then Norman Smiley screams his ass off and gets beaten up by Scott Steiner with a pipe. Ah. What the fuck? You know, it's funny, too. Uh, Will Sasso, I was, I was thinking about this when I, when I, not, not you say it, but uh, do you remember the whole thing with Errol Hawani and Tony Khan? How dare uh, you appear on the other wrestling program, even though you're not contractually obligated here? Yeah. I feel like they did that with Sasso, too. He was on both shows a lot. <laughs> he was the original one. <laughs> he would just pop up, and they're like, ah, oh, we need somebody to take a bump that can do an impression. Oh, I'll do it. Oh, man. He was severely underrated as a comedian on Mad TV. Yeah. I, I thought he was great. My favorite thing was... It was a horrible impression, but it was hilarious when he would do Kenny Rogers on Jackass. Yeah, <laughs> that was my favorite. Uh, I'll never forget where he's like the first one to finish a condiment Sunday wins. I don't know. We haven't quite finished that one, or figured that one out yet, but the first one to finish will be done. <laughs> uh, that was my favorite. But anyway, up next, what was not my favorite for the uh, in the WCW US title tournament? It is Shane Douglas with Tori Wilson taking on Billy Kidman. You know what, man? Steelers. Exactly. Well, you're hitting it a little early, man. I got it queued up for you later on. But anyway, uh, get it get it in there. 
Well, also, I don't want to offend you. Are you okay with me saying that? Uh, yeah, Browns fans <laughs> frequently cry over the Steelers. How dare you? Anyway, this one goes about four minutes. They were definitely, especially with this, this look brawl, they were definitely trying to make Tory Wilson into the new Francine. Uh, Shane Douglas cuts a promo talking about banging Tory and winning the U.S. title tonight. That was she like may good be the all-time hottest in history wrestling. She's right up there with Trish Stratus, man. I mean, I don't know, man. Winning the U.S. title, banging Tory, sounds like a good night to me. You could even take away winning the title. But <laughs> I think Tory, if you're with Tory, you've already won a title, dude. Yeah, right. Uh, Tori then tells Kidman that she used him and he sucks in bed. Cool. Have we gone to the infamous match yet? I don't think so. No, I, th- I, I think that's coming up, maybe, perhaps. For or, folks who don't know what that is. Wrong. It's the uh, Vi- Viagra on a pole <laughs> match. Right. <laughs> Thus telling the world that two grown men can't get it up for that woman. Right. It just makes me laugh so hard. No pun intended. Uh, my favorite was when Shane shoves all the pills in uh, Kidman's mouth, which, by the way, might have legitimately killed him if that was real. Uh, but then he goes to the back and all the Nitro girls are there and he's like, I've had a hard night. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. Aha. Uh-huh. Anyway, Douglas hits the Pittsburgh plunge on Kidman and Kidman kicks out because more moves must be done. <laughs> Max must be prolonged. Exactly. Uh, Douglas kicks Kidman off of an O'Connor roll, and Tori hits him with a chair. But that's not the end, because again, more moves must be done. Finally, Douglas hits a franchiser for the win, and everyone is confused because it took the bell forever to ring. No one gave a damn about this. You could have heard chit chat in the crowd and a mouse pissing on cotton. Yeah, which, which I like both these guys. That kind of hurts, but God. My only note here is like, wow, Shane Douglas is doing this. All of his boys are in the other company being big stars. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, right. They already left. Left yeah. him high and dry. Said, <laughs> Piss off, man. And yeah, we'll see you uh, never. Uh, we'll, we'll see you when we need to come into Target for something. Good grief. He's an idiot that can manage a Target. Good grief. But we now go backstage. We now see backstage that three count is walking through the hallways with a ladder. Uh, Goldberg. I, like, I can already see the ratings going up. Man. Like, I can just picture them. Right? Well, yeah, you got three count on TV. But Goldberg pulls up now and starts talking to people. Commentary is stressing that Scott Steiner's waiting for Goldberg with a pipe. He's about to lay that pipe on Goldberg, man. Giggity. Yeah. And up next, Tank Abbott is in the ring to introduce three count. Come out. Says, <laughs> says it all. They come out, set up the ladder, and dance on their dots. That was a real <laughs> sentence. And I want to point out this is the guy that we said that should be world champion. <laughs> what happened here, by the way? That's a 180 and a half. Yeah, right. There's anything wrong with what he's doing, whatever, but. Yeah, you go from like legit badass to dancing with the boy band. Yeah, yeah, we think you're like we think you should be the world champion, and it's you know I think we're gonna have you cut the nipples out of your shirt and dance around with a boy band. <laughs> None of that's made up, by the way. This is all real. <laughs> this is real. And it's not knocking them. Either. I thought they were all pretty talented. 
Uh, well, one, I was gonna one say, guy for sure. Yeah, well, you know, three count is made up of Shannon Moore, Shane Helms, and as uh, Tony Schiavone dubs him, nothing happening, Evan Courageous. Rock him <laughs> up, dude. He had, he had like dreads that would make a uh, black man jealous. Yeah, you know, he for puts Booker T to shame. For years, I thought Evan Courageous was part of the Backseat Boys, and I kept getting him confused with Trent Acid. <laughs> anybody who knows, he was definitely ass. I'll tell you that. But. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, well, let's. Well, take I don't think he was that bad. I mean, saying that, I don't think he was a bad wrestler. But. I don't think he sucked. But I mean, look who got jobs after this, and who didn't? <laughs> yeah. Dude, Hurricane is still employed by WWE today. <laughs> He's breaking up fights every Monday and Friday. So I think Shannon Moore might be a trainer now or something like that. I know he has his tattoo business, but uh, Evan Courageous, man, like I don't know what the hell happened. Like nobody, nobody wanted him. Like damn, man, that's kind of harsh. I mean, Especially with maybe, that with that tan and that body, really. Right. I mean, maybe Tony Schiavone was right. He's nothing happening, Evan Courageous. But either way, while these guys are dancing, yeah. Uh, the young dragons sneak out and attempt to climb the ladder to grab the gold record hanging above. <sighs> Three count catches them at That's the last That's a real second. sentence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Trying to grab the gold record. And, and we're in the year 2000 and we're still doing the sneaky Japanese gimmick. Yeah. Uh, that, lies, that leads us into this match, by the way. It is like... We've had this match like 10 times within a year. It's three count Shannon Moore, Shane Helms, and Evan Courageous with Tank Abbott taking on the young dragons of Kaz Hayashi, Yang, and Jamie San, who, for those that don't know, also, is Jamie Noble. Earlier in the pod, I said there was a third team. Who were we talking about that didn't come in? Uh, the Mama Lukes, right? Yeah, okay. So it wasn't the Mama Lukes. I just realized the third team was mm-hmm. a member of each one of these teams as a, as a duo. It was Evan Courageous and Jamie Noble. I knew there was a third oh. Okay, so it was like... That's right, so it was two on two on two. Okay, so yeah. either way, it was a variation of all of these. Like, God. Uh, yep. This is this is a six-man ladder match for a gold record. You heard me right. I guess that's... I don't know, is that on par with custody papers? Um, <laughs> makes about ish. as much sense. And this goes... Six-man ladder match, people. Remember that. It goes just over three minutes. <laughs> Did you notice how every one of these guys was trying to get up the ladder really fast? I mean, this ruins every wrestling cliche ever. It takes an hour to crawl up the ladder. <laughs> right. Especially uh, uh, Dolph Ziggler, who looks like his bones turn to jelly as he starts to climb. But this, uh, in the end, Evan gets tossed off the ladder onto Tank Abbott at ringside. And then Jamie-san retrieves the gold record. Yeah. At this point, too, I'm realizing that multiple times throughout wrestling history, there's been like a Japanese tag team and one's under a mask is probably a white guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Well, what I got to ask is, who are all these fucking people? (laughs) (laughs) Got it in. That was my reaction when they ripped uh, Jamie-san's mask off. <laughs> Who I will is never, this guy? I will never forget. It was the Scott Hudson saying, uh, I, "I will." He's he's not. Uh, he's fighting every word to say Japanese, but he doesn't. He's not. I mean, how's he in the Young Dragons? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like uh, Sunday, right? 
well, you know, it's, uh, I don't know, is that better or worse than what he was doing years later where he's like uh, trying to get his girlfriend into Playboy? Come on there, baby. Come on. Show them them titties. Show them. Come on, baby. Well, I, I got to say that Jimmy Noble stuff was better because, you know, it was a stereotype and made some sense. Just the third Japanese guy that wasn't Japanese in the group. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how you look at it. It was all uh, stupid. Uh, you don't say. <laughs> he's still breaking up fights on Raw and SmackDown this day as well. Oh, he's still employed? Cool. Good for him. <laughs> Uh, dude, they're, 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 they're like fight breakup crew is like a who's who of Sunday Night Heat, dude. It's him, Kenny Dykstra, the Hurricane, <laughs> uh, Adam uh, Pierce. <laughs> I like how two of them were in this match, by the way. Yeah, right. Hurricane and Jamie Noble. <laughs> but backstage, Goldberg. The two best in this entire match, by the way. But, uh, uh, yeah, Kaz Hayashi was pretty damn good. Uh, but. He was another one. I'm like, what the? Did he just go back to Japan after WCW shuttered? I think he had a match or two in early day in uh, TNA, I believe. Huh. Which that's not hard to believe, but yeah, <sighs> right. Everybody and their mother did. I know Yang did. He was part of the Flying Elvises. AJ Styles shouted out his tribute to him TNA. <laughs> God, yeah, I can't remember uh, who else, who the hell else was in that group, but yeah. Either I think way, that. That's some other dude though, like The Rock. Sunny Siaki? Siaki. I believe one of them was him, I believe. I wouldn't doubt it. Talk about nothing happening. Yeah, right. But backstage, Goldberg finally comes in and dodges Scott Steiner's lead pipe. Good grief. Almost as if he knew or something. <laughs> yeah, right. Because every time you open a door, you always expect someone just to be attacking you. Well, he like opened it. And the thing is, like, Steiner was so damn slow about it. Like he opened the door and like stood there, and Steiner's like, "Oh yeah," and then he picks up the pipe and swings it. <sighs> you had one job, Scott. But anyway, they brawl around until security comes in and they get beat up. Like, dude, what good was your security, man? Well, you know who wasn't there. Yeah, I was about to say this would have never happened if they had Doug Dillinger, because as we've established previously, nobody f- Doug Dillinger, right? <laughs> And then oh, all the mid-carters of the locker room rush in to hold them apart. And I know because I saw Chuck Palumbo in there. <laughs> the job squad. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Like, you know, it's still funny because I know WWE turned that into an actual thing, but it's, it's literally what they were called. They were the job squad. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, so it, what's sad was in, I think, this very edition of The Observer, Uncle Dave was like, you know, that Sean O'Hare's got a look to him. You know, he could be something someday. He's got some uh, good basics. And I'm like, ah, He failed man. in two companies. I mean, what the hell happened? Yeah, I, I don't get it, man. Sean, like, me and a mutual friend of ours were talking about this. It's like, we thought he was going to be a star when he came out in, on SmackDown. Like, when, he, when they repackaged him, he was doing that Devil's Advocate stuff. He had Piper with him. I was into it. I don't know. I liked it. But they said he wasn't connecting with the crowd and whatever. It's like, I mean, I guess, but it's like they I have to wonder how do you gauge that? Yeah, they said the same thing about Mordecai. It's like I feel like they just gave up on things too early. Some of it also has to do with, dude, who the hell is this guy facing? Like, not everybody can go out there destroy a jobber and get over. Like, sometimes they actually have to do something. 
I, I know there's a there's there's a couple of good examples of people coming out and just being over. Yeah, well, like somebody like I, Braun, I, Braun Strowman. Uh, I mean, at first they put him with a Wyatt family, obviously. But when they repackaged him, it was a little different. He was huge. He had a cool look to him, and he's destroying like three guys at once. A little different. I feel like an early example of that is Ahmed Johnson. People just pop for him. Yeah. Well, he had a badass theme song, too. And, I don't know, I, I've always liked the Tiger Bomb, so I thought he did a cool version of it. But after commercial break, Scott Steiner is throwing around, or throwing another damn fit, while Medesha and Rick Steiner are trying to calm him down. Some people might call that Roid Rage, but I don't know. I, I don't know. Oh, well, how dare you, Greg? Allegedly! I mean, <laughs> I was going to say, he like this. Scott Steiner doesn't get hype. He stays hype, right? Point. But up, up next, this is the one I I'm, I was going to set you up for. It's Mike Awesome versus the Great Muta for, in the U.S. title tournament. Goes three and a half minutes. Yeah. So, Great Muta sprays green mist all over Mark Madden, and Madden <sighs> takes a bump. Because the Steelers. Exactly. And Mark Madden. Not just the Steelers, but Mark Madden, too. I don't know him personally, but everything I've seen and heard about the guy, something tells me uh, I wouldn't want to know him. Just throwing that out there. Either way. Uh, oh, How do you have a name like Madden and you're just a piece of crap? <laughs> yeah. one of the most beloved names in sports. And you don't even say <laughs> boom. How dare you? <laughs> Sell me foot powder and say boom. All right. Damn it. That's all I ask. And don't like the Steelers, okay? I, uh, John. Oh, yeah. He hates them with a passion. <laughs> Look, John Madden, like, I just like him, you know, by default because he's, you know, he's a goofy guy, whatever. But as a coach, F him, man. I know you don't feel that way. I do. <laughs> but I, as a Browns fan, I can say F him as a coach. And for people that don't know, Browns and Raiders aren't like big rivals, but, uh, you know, we're a- AFC rivals, I guess you could say. Not like one of the prominent ones, but I saw my dad hated the Raiders with a passion, so. <laughs> but. Like there's a reason you hate the entire AFC West, honestly. Yeah, well. <laughs> well, I know why my dad hated the Raiders. It's a little something called Red Right 88. If nobody knows what that means. Go look it up. But in the end. Awesome. If you fancy yourself a football fan, you know what that is. <laughs> exactly. But awesome hits the awesome bomb on Great Muna for the win. Yeah. So now we're just jobbing out the Great Muda. (laughs) Great Muda jobs out night one in three and a half minutes to Mike. And I like Mike Austin. Don't don't get me wrong, but come on, it's the Great Muda. Yeah. But Mark Madden takes off to the backstage in anger now. We then see Buff Bagwell. The best he's ever done. Leave my TV. Exactly. We now see Buff Bagwell beating up Smooth backstage until Positively Canyon rushes in to double-team Bagwell, and they both beat him down. Oh, God. Now, Mark Madden approaches Kwee-Wee to ask him for no, help. No, no, no. The Kwee-Wee. Oh, excuse me. To ask him for help with his shirt, which he said is, has a stain on it now. Oh, yeah, because, you know, I go to fashion designers to get stains out of my clothes. I guess that's what he was supposed to be here. It's funny. I go to drag queen myself. But... Yeah, right. Paisley then says that she has a rip in her dress and needs help. Kwee Wee says that 
uh, to both of them that he's very busy. Now, the artist formerly known as Prince Iakea storms in and yanks Paisley away. Oh, this is all we get to see of him on the night? Damn. One of these people's a WWE Hall of Famer. <laughs> How, by the way? It's like, is that one of those, like, uh, DC Keebler type things? Yes, so. I mean, I feel sure. like DC Keebler makes more sense than her, for being real, but... Didn't we get in so, trouble for that, by the way? We're going to stay off that topic. So, is Charmel the second person that got dragged into the Hall of Fame by Booker T? <laughs> yep. I didn't think about that. There but you go, man. Didn't we get in trouble, though, for saying Stacey didn't belong Hall of Fame? Yeah, some people disagreed. and was like, well, I liked her as a kid. Cool. I didn't okay. say, like, gives a damn. Or, you know, some people, oh, she's iconic. So, people How? from your spank bank in the Hall of Fame now? Good God. Just saying. Oh, man. I don't think they're uh, all for that, by the way. I, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, moving on very quickly. Speaking of Spank Bank, up here, not, uh, up next is uh, Shane Douglas with Tori Wilson taking on. The fact that Lance. you said that in Led with Shane Douglas now has me questioning some stuff, but whatever. It's, his own. it's either Shane or Tori. All right. I'll let you decide. Except for the hot blonde. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, one one of the hot blondes <laughs> with a nice tan. <laughs> but he's taking on Lance Storm in a U.S. title tournament match. This goes for four and a half minutes. My first note is we got an ECW match here. Yeah, right. Uh, Kidman is sitting on the stage during this match, eating popcorn. Cool. In the end, Storm locks in the Canadian Maple Leaf to win via submission. Uh, I love yeah. Lance Storm, but he's never been a hey, let me get the popcorn match. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> After the match, Kidman beats down Douglas and then sits in the chair in the ring and puts Tori in a, like a pile driver position. I don't know what he was doing here. Uh, Everything Storm... I fantasize about doing. <laughs> uh, Lance Storm tries to uh, break this up and he eats a chair to the face. In the face. In the face. In the face. <laughs> hey, your wish is my command. All right, I finally got it. I like that you finally got the repeat in there, because that adds emphasis. Exactly. Uh, but either way, Tori and Shane now run off to safety. Also, we love Rob Riggle on the show, so if you don't, piss off. Right. Uh, I don't know. I, you and I had a discussion about his football stuff, but um, I, I don't know anything about that. You Didn't you say he kind of sucks doing that? His picks? He just picks the Chiefs all the time. But Oh, well. So is he from... Uh, is he from Chiefs Nation over there or something? He's proudly, yes. Oh, they got God. two people, him and Baron Corbin. <laughs> uh, the, uh, two badasses. But either way... Yeah, Robert was a legit badass. Was he Marine? Yeah, he was uh, either Marine or Navy or one of them. I, I know he... Uh, well, there's the a badass with the Navy, but... Anyways. Wow. No offense. My grandpa told me that. <laughs> yeah, my he dad fought, was in the... He fought World War II, so... I'll take hey, his my, words. My dad was in the Marine Corps, so he ha- he hated the Navy. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> he said when they would fall asleep, like uh, the guys from the Marine Corps would take their their sailor hats and write Disneyland and permanent ink on the front of them. And they're like, "We only get commissioned one of those, you asshole." <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. Backstage, it looks like Rick Steiner is strategizing with Medasia. We now see Stevie Ray walking through the hall. 
yeah, at this you point, know, I'm like, they're really building this up to be a big thing, aren't they? They really believe they got something good here. Yeah, because, I mean, I know oh for God. a fact, if they were heading into a commercial break, like, if I just tuned in, and they're heading into <laughs> a commercial break, and the last image I see is Stevie Ray, and they're like, up next, Stevie Ray, I'm like, and what's on Raw? Wait, it's Tuesday, nothing, I guess. What's yeah, on NXT? Yeah, uh, yeah, I was going to say, they're they're lucky they didn't have anything competing against them here. But up next, it is Jeff Jarrett taking on Stevie F and Ray. This goes two and a half minutes. Good God. Are we going to jump start with this one as Stevie Ray rushes the ring? In the end, Stevie hits the slapjack as Rick Steiner runs out to distract the ref. Madeja dives off the top rope onto Stevie, allowing Jarrett to hit him with the stroke to win. God. Rick Steiner and Jeff Jarrett now beat up Stevie until Booker T rushes in to even the odds and chase Jarrett and Steiner off. Yeah, because, you know, you're wanted by all these guys. Your brother's out there all by himself. You're not going to be out there with him. You're going to wait till he gets his ass kicked to come out. Yeah, okay. Exactly. I'll buy that. <laughs> and he's got nothing else going on tonight, by the way. Just putting that <laughs> out there. Just, I don't, every match has shenanigans, man. God, like just let up, let somebody have a match. Bro, nobody match. cares about wrestling, bro. Clearly. Backstage, Rick Steiner is throwing a hissy fit again and throws a chair against a wall. What was that you said it probably was? Either way, he just, dude, he threw a hissy fit all effing night. Meanwhile, Goldberg is stretching out before his match, just being calm and collected. But we now go to. Lance Storm versus Mike Awesome for the WCW ECW match. Yes. Uh, in the WCW US title tournament finals goes five minutes, five seconds. Uh, here's where I said, I love how most of this tournament was made up of former ECW guys. You had Mike Awesome, Lance Storm, Shane Douglas. Uh, who else was in this damn tournament? I guess there was Bagwell Canyon and Muda. Oh, and Vampiro. So, close enough. Either way, uh, Lance Storm comes out and demands that everyone stand for O Canada yet again. Mike Awesome interrupts and says to turn that crap off. It's ironic that he would be in Team Canada within the next <laughs> five or so months. And telling everybody to shut up while it, while it played. <laughs> right. They start brawling in the aisleway now. In the end, Storm gets out of an awesome bomb attempt, locks in the Canadian Maple Leaf, and wins the U.S. title via submission. This may have been, by default, the best match on the card. But, yeah, uh, well, yeah, that bar is like not on the floor; it's in hell. But yeah, basically. But after the match, two middle-aged large women get into the ring to escort Mike Awesome to the back. You know why? Because he is the what? The fat chick thriller, baby. I just want to emphasize again for people who think we're being funny. This is really what they called him and what he did. Commentary keeps calling them large ladies and going on about how fat they are as if they're like pushing four bills, by the way. These women look like they're, I don't know, maybe 220 at most. Which, I mean, sure, it's overweight. It gets the point across, but they're going on like, oh, man, look at these porkers. Well, it's not Mark Madden. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, looks like. Mark Matt like Mark Madden during dinner would have these two like cowering in the corner. All right. <laughs> what the hell? I don't even want to know what the hell you mean by that. 
Well, it's like uh, there there was like a cutaway on uh, on Family Guy where they're talking about like, uh, and this was obviously when he was bigger, but they said something about like, uh, I'm more scared than John Goodman's family during dinner time. <laughs> and it shows him like sitting there like just eating all the food, and they're like, "You think we could have?" And he's like, "No, it's all for me." Because <laughs> Peter Griffin is the epitome of fit, right? Well, exactly. But. Backstage, Ernest Miller's Homer Simpson on... look like a rail. <laughs> Jiggling for justice. But Ernest Miller knocks on Booker T's locker room door uh, while yes, carrying... Well, the show is not over yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> while he's carrying a referee t-shirt, Booker T lets him in and commentary is confused. Wouldn't you be too? So you just walk around the referee shirt automatically a referee. I'd be confused too. Yeah, right. And then you're just going into the champ's locker room. I don't know. Maybe they're homies. I don't know. Talking about the maybe new someone, Nas album. Maybe someone finally called his mama. Yeah, right. Holy crap. But we're going to take our second to last break here, mercifully Thank enough. You, good Lord. When we come back, it's main event time right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the that. mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared the room. Shared a room. For we right? shared the room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go way there. back, mate, yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, well... What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Hey, 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 it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the broadcast podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Slow, mate. Take it easy. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. back and we're back it's main event time right here mercifully yeah yep yeah, yeah, folks the finals of the u.s title tournament is not the main event of the show that it was based around yes right because why? why would that happen in their slight defense now i mean this might actually go more against them than in, in, in a defense they announced the tournament to start the night like they're like oh this big thing to crown a new champion oh it's gonna happen tonight like not next week we're not gonna build up to it nope now right but then we have this match which you know is kind of a marquee match even AEW hasn't done that right this is they make an attempt to tell us ahead of time what we're going to see like it or not well this should have been an advertised marquee match between two of their biggest stars they've got scott steiner with medasia in his corner taking on goldberg nope this was made on the spot this will be a main event, I believe, at Fall Brawl this year. Yeah. So, there you, yeah. what you just said, word for word. Give, <laughs> give it away on free TV. 
But this goes for five minutes, 17 seconds. Ernest Miller is the referee for this one, and Booker T's on commentary. Why? Me, right? <laughs> These two beat and suplex. I'm, I'm also just realizing that three times now they've given away Goldberg matches on the show when they could have been marquee pay per view matches. Yeah. Maybe I'll be a little loose marquee with the Raven one, but but U.S. title match should have been on pay per view, right? I would think, or at least like uh, advertised like a big thing. I don't know. But these two beat and suplexed the piss out of each other. Uh, I feel like this one could have been like a fun five to six minute match, but we can't have a WCW 2000 match, so we've got to have bullshit going on. It's going to be a fun five to six second match. Right. Steiner randomly breaks the Steiner recliner to forearm Ernest Miller out of the ring. This brings Booker T in to brawl with Steiner. Booker now spears Steiner, and then Booker hits a crescent kick on Goldberg. Why? Don't know. Kevin Nash returns now, carrying a beer bottle to the ring. (laughs) Super serious times right here, folks. He hits a jackknife on Goldberg and then one on Scott Steiner before nodding at Booker T and leaving. This is the end of the show. I think, too, is like uh, one of the things that they were talking like they kept trying. We want to bring back Scott Hall, bring back Scott Hall. He comes out with beer. Really? I just, yeah, I just. Yeah, just it doesn't this set up for their don't they have like a triple threat at New Blood Rising. Yeah, where Goldberg doesn't follow the script. Yeah. Goldberg refused to follow the script. Like, what the f- What? <laughs> this is. Fun. Again, I gotta point out, not even Tony Khan would do that. Nope. That's my that's my, my go-to thing. Like if he didn't do it, it must be real bad. Good grief. Yeah, it's uh, uh, not good. Believe me, not good. But but that takes us to the end of this show. My head hurts. When we come back, you chose you. this. I was uh, we, I've been pissing you for weeks for this. We collectively chose this one because I was I was like, well, what Nitro do you want to cover? And you were like, ah, this one looks the least worst. If so, I said that, I don't remember saying it, but I'm not going to deny it. But if I said that, I must have been like, on something. Yeah, well, we're going to take our final break. On the other end of this, it's final ratings. We're telling you what's coming up on the podcast in the future. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh. Another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Go to apronbump.com. 
or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on youtube find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks and we're back and we're back come on man you got to get into it i didn't say the f word it's it's the end of the show man you gotta you gotta oh uh, well in that case you're right now i'm happy because it's over finally <laughs> Well, the final ratings here, Internet Movie Database gave this a 6.4 out of 10. Uh, I don't believe uh, cagematch.net did not rate this one. I gave it a 6 out of 10. It's an F, but a high F. I'd say maybe an F plus. What say you? F minus. I, look, I know this is faint praise, and it's meant to be, but I've seen way worse out of Russo. Okay. This was like at least it had some decent stuff here and there. Not much. Some. I don't know. I'm 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 trying here. <sighs> but that does it, everybody, for our bonus show for July. We've only got one more show on the month of America's birthday here for you. And it's a bash at the beach. Closing out with WCW. Next Wednesday, we're bringing you uh, WCW Bash at the Beach 1998 on July 26th. That's the night when you got two big-time all-star basketball players on opposite sides of the ring with DDP and Hulk Hogan in a tag match. Tag match, player! Yeah. I mean, it's got to be yeah. better than this. It's way better than this. Yeah, so there but you go. again, I mean, WrestleMania 11 was way better than this. So what does that tell you? Yeah, I, I suppose so. This was, uh, uh, yeah, well, I, I guess I gotta hit this again. Uh, not good. Believe me, not good. Bad. I like how he emphasizes it with believe me. <laughs> yeah, believe me. That's the, uh, you trust me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, What's your evidence? Trust me, bro. This month, like I said, wrapping up next Wednesday, Bash the Beach 98. Uh, hitting you real quick with a preview of what you can expect. August will be much better, I will say, right now. We're starting off at SummerSlam month, so this one will air right before you and I actually meet up with one another in uh, Detroit. August 2nd, we're bringing you... Yeah, it's WWF SummerSlam 1994. That one is Undertaker versus Undertaker. The best match on the card yeah, was obviously... that one. <laughs> <laughs> best match on the card obviously was Owen versus Brett in a cage match so there's going to be some stuff to talk about there man we already hit you with uh, King of the Ring 94 this is better I mean that's not really saying much I guess but there you have it August 9th also, we also got an NFL legend on this card too uh, who's that uh, Sweetness who Walter Payton oh wow uh, I, I haven't seen the show in a while. I haven't watched it yet for anybody out there. So I don't remember. I was like, I was a young, young kid last time I watched this thing. So, uh, either way, that's coming up August 2nd and, uh, Greg and I will be at SummerSlam that very weekend and I'll be posting at the some summer fest. Exactly. We'll be, uh, I'll be posting some stuff to 
all social media. I'll try to go live uh, for a few things here and there, maybe walking around um, uh, the WrestleCon and all that. So it should be a fun time. And if you're there, come say hi to us. Uh, let us know you like yeah, the we're show. signing autographs and taking pics. <laughs> yeah, right. You can. Hey, uh, an autograph is five dollars. A pick is five dollars. If you want a combo, it's twenty. <laughs> don't ask for it. Don't ask about the math. Okay, just, just, just do it. Just trust me, bro. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're, we're bringing back Ring of Honor uh, in August. We're going to bring you on August 9th. It's one of their bigger shows of the year. It's Ring of Honor at Death Before Dishonor 2008. Kind of excited to dive back into the world of Ring of Honor. So the opening match is the Briscoes versus the Vulture Squad of Jigsaw and Ruckus. Don't ask. Yeah. Uh, Chris Hero takes on Delirious. Uh, uh, Eddie Edwards takes on Roderick Strong. The NWA World Title. That's titles. probably the greatest match of the card, I'm going to assume. But... Yeah, it's definitely going to be up there. Uh, the... Uh, NWA World's Heavyweight title is actually defended on this show by Scrap Daddy Adam Pierce, baby. <laughs> he's defending. Here. He's the NWA champion. <laughs> he defends against Brent Albright. Oh, wow. Some, yeah, some of you yeah, may remember as Gunner Scott. Yeah. Austin Aries. <laughs> God. It's Austin Aries, Jimmy Jacobs, and the Necro Butcher in a three way dance. Take. My money. Sir, here is a check with my name on it. Write down any number on this piece of paper and I will pay it. There you go. <laughs> uh, Neomuchi um, uh, Murafuji. I'll just say Murafuji. Uh, he's, uh, he takes on Go Shiozaki. Uh, I, don't, I don't know either one of those. Well, I, I know Murafuji. He's been in and out of thousand chop uh, alert. Yeah, I don't know Go Shiozaki. I'm sure I'm going to get butchered for not knowing who the hell that is, but I, I just don't. Well, he's one of the most respected whatevers. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's everyone's go-to. When they always say the most respected, that usually means I, I've never heard of him, and you're a right. fanboy. <laughs> uh, El Generico and Kevin Steen take on the Motor City Machine Guns. There you go. Yeah, that's probably the best match of the card. Okay, I retract my last one. Well, hold on to that, because the main event is a four-way elimination match for the Ring of Honor World title. Uh, Nigel McGinnis defends against Brian Danielson, Claudio Castagnoli, and Tyler Black. Oh, so, that's yeah. a freaking who's who. Yeah, that's that match right there. Well, I guess the last two matches are the reasons why I wanted to watch this. So there you go. Well, Roger great. Strong and Diehard Eddie Edwards. I mean, that's that's I still think that's going to be the best match by default. But. but this is the second Ring of Honor show we've done ever. And it also takes place in the Hammerstein Ballroom. So there you go, man. And then isn't it amazing how wonderful things happen in that that small ass little closet? I know it's crazy. Uh, it's, uh, it's a pretty exactly historic building. Garden. It's like pretty. I think it's like across the street or close to it. But right, yeah, it's close. It just it just rubs off on it, maybe. Yep. And then uh, August sixteenth. We're bringing you WWF SummerSlam 2000. 2000 was a fantastic year for WWE. This one, this that card was looked probably awesome. probably the second best ever. Behind 2003. Yeah, At least, Rock, you know, on this side of the golden era. Right. Well, The Rock defends the WWF title in the main event against Triple H and Kurt Angle in a triple threat. Undertaker and Kane face off. There's actually a bigger story in that match. I'll save it, though. 
Yeah. Uh, Jerry Lawler takes on Taz. Money. Uh, yeah. X-Pac takes on Road Dog. Uh, Chris Benoit takes on Chris Jericho in a two out of three falls match. I, I mean, there's a even Steve Blackman and Shane McMahon for the WWF hardcore title. That's, oh, that's the one. Classic. Yeah. So we're, if anybody ever seen, I'm sure you've had to have seen it in some video packages is uh, Shane McMahon getting caned in the head and falling off the Tron and just back planning, man. Like that was sick, but awesome at the same time. So that's coming up on August 16th. Double main event week. This is going to be a fun one. I, I'm really looking forward to this because we're going slightly more modern. August 23rd with Ring of Honor's Death Before Dishonor 15. This one took place in 2017. And the main event was Cody defending the ROH title against Minoru Suzuki. That's coming up August 23rd. Uh, the bonus is NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4. I was there. Uh, weren't you at pretty much all of them? Except for the third one. Okay. We decided to go to Disneyland that year. I'm still mad about that. <laughs> nice. Well, this one was Tommaso Ciampa defending the NXT title against Johnny Gargano in a last man standing in the main event. Uh, Shayna Baszler defends the NXT women's title against Kyrie Sane. Adam Cole, baby, defends the North American title against Ricochet. Velveteen Dream and EC3 and Undisputed Era versus Mustache Mountain for the uh, NXT tag titles. All the TakeOver Brooklyn's were fantastic, so obviously this one will be too. Then finally, we're closing out the month, August 30th, with our third and final SummerSlam. It is SummerSlam 2014. Uh, this one is famous for Brock Lesnar absolutely mauling the crap out of John Cena in the main event. Can we just talk about John Cena getting mauled in the event? <laughs> yep. Uh, he just, he completely ate crap in this one. We've also got Super uh, Cena's uh, Kryptonite. Yeah, right. We've also got the Miz taking on Dolph Ziggler for the IC title, uh, AJ Lee and Page for the Divas title, Rusev and Jack Swagger in a flag match. Hell yeah! Shut up and take my money. <sighs> uh, Is this the one where the flag hits the floor and Tibbs hiss? <laughs> maybe. I don't remember. Uh, Ruth, er, uh, Seth Rollins takes on Dean Ambrose in a lumberjack match. Woo. Bray Wyatt and Chris Jericho, Stephanie McMahon and Brie Bella. God, I forgot about that. Oh, God, I forgot about that. <laughs> and then I like Roman that we Reigns. have the exact same reaction. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. And then Roman Reigns and Randy Orton in 16 and a half minutes. So, yeah, man. That was good on paper, right? I mean, I got to remember how it plays out. But... Yeah, I can't remember half of these, but. Yeah, that is coming up on the podcast in the next month. I hope you all had more fun than we did uh, having to rewatch this thing. Because, like we always say, we watch this so that you don't have to. Or so in, to tell you to. We're going to go with yeah. Reformer on this one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'll tell you what, man. Uh, like, we might be actually performing a public service by doing that. Because it's like, look, we watched this, and we're just telling you, don't do it. Another friend's quote. Do you remember that that one where Chandler found the tape of the woman giving birth? Oh yeah. Before He's you like, watch it. Before you watch it, it tell you, don't watch it. Don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Anyway, that does it, man. One more show, and we're out of July. It's crazy to think about. And we're on the uh, road to SummerSlam. 
Hell yeah. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Yeah, thanks for doing this to me, Dick. You got to be Welcome. careful with what you do to me because I'm going to be seeing you in person soon. So you, know, yeah. you got to ease up on it. Hey, you already got me back. All right. I had to sit and, and uh, I know, listen but, to a certain thing. But I have to win. I have to get the last lap. That's the rule. Well, this podcast is going on for a long time. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's going to be kind of over three years now. right? Yep. Yeah, we've uh, just passed our three-year anniversary back in June. Crazy to think that we started this thing because we were bored during the pandemic, and there you go. But and apparently we'll ca- still bored. Exactly. <laughs> but we'll catch you all next week on July 26th with WCW Bash of the Beach 1998.